We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could what up everybody and welcome to the corner i'm kel dansby and i'm andreas hale and we are two journalists who cover wrestling boxing and mma but we also love hip-hop you may think these two worlds don't blend but we make it work on today's show we talk about miley's boob floyd sparring session ziggler damn near naked on wwe raw and preview ufc 191 but first we have to talk about the mtv music awards one of us watched it yeah, I just caught recaps. I was too busy in L.A. watching wrestling. I, I, no, I didn't even remember that the VMAs were happening. Priorities. That yeah. Is I'd rather be you. Yeah, the hell with the awards. But you missed it. Why the fuck you lying? Did Nicki I? Minaj, Miley Cyrus, a little bit of beef. Why you always lying? No, you, no, you didn't. Yo, Nicki went straight queens. You know, Nicki got like eight personalities. Onika came right out of her. Quick. And went right back in quick, easy. <laughs> it's a family Scripted. family show. Yeah, this is loving loving hip hop on and an award show for loving hip hop. They should have like Stevie J and Jocelyn there. I don't watch that shit. It ain't even about music anymore. Yo, you see the vine of me clapping for her though. Yeah, it's so, like an old black church grandma. Yeah, I mean he's just got to hang on. He's just hanging <laughs> on by a thread. You got to no, he'll hang do on anything, anything. He'll yeah. carry her sneakers in between shows, whatever, right now. Do whatever you want. It's like, we forget he just had a number one album. He ain't even making music no more. No. He's opening act for her. Yeah. It's like he's transported back to the braids. You know how, like, men feel when we have to carry our lady's purse? How it makes us feel, like, mad insecure? Like, That's Meek exactly is, like, permanently it. carrying Nikki's purse. His life is, like, 
being permanently in a mall yeah. during a girl's trip. Like, you know how they call, like, the dude, like, the weed carrier? He's the purse holder. Yeah, yeah, that shit's just all bad right now. That's all he's good for right now. Meek the purse holder mill. <laughs> Yo, Rick Ross is ashamed of you. Yo, that album cover, just imagine him on album cover, just mad purses on his arm. And Louie and, like, red bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. We didn't even meet until, like, Flame Meek this early. Yeah. So, we, we have Miley Cyrus hosting awards. People got on or whatever. But the best thing she did in awards... Was flash the camera. That was the best it, thing. Is that the best? It was the best. The titty, titty gate as it's going around right now. We it wasn't titty gate with Janet. Jackson. It wasn't Janet titty. Like Janet had like the nice like ring and everything. It's Janet Janet's was titty. a one. That's Janet's titty. But Miley's titty wasn't bad. In the grand scheme of titties, I think it's underrated. Oh my god! Stop fucking lying. Miley's titty was bad, yo. Like. How- you, you you how? how it wasn't it? that bad. It was small, but it ain't bad. I mean, I mean, if we're talking about like the some, grand scheme of titties, like there's something about married old lady titty, that's bad titty. Yeah, right? okay. Like, Miley's titties, like I don't want to see a titty. Like I can look at my own titty, and you know, I'm good. She's no. not like the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. of titties. Like it's bad. it's kind of like she's, I didn't need to see it. She's the Adrian Broner of titties. I didn't need to see that. Titty. It's always out there. Kind of mediocre, but well, compared below, to bad titties, does its job. Look, Miley Cyrus's body is like a wall, right? Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about her ass or the horribly the, thin thighs she has. It's all thin her one titty was look, not bad. She needs to just put some clothes on. Like, she needs to dress like TLC in '95 for the she, rest of her life. She looks a little bit like Bieber in the face too, and that makes can't you get worse. over that. No, she can keep that titty. The best thing she did was show her titty. Yeah, because I heard, I, like, I like I said, I didn't watch the award. I just watched a few highlights and. She sucks. Like, the whole award is like a big trolling session to try to get people to click on content, right? That's yeah, it's it for SoundCloud content. Just <laughs> It was a whole thing for SoundCloud yeah, listens. I'm cool. I don't, like I said, the VMAs, I don't care. Like, I didn't care who won. Like, but your boy Kanye was there. I still don't understand award shows. <laughs> this arena tomorrow, it's going to be a completely different setup. Some concert, something like that. How could you explain that? <laughs> it, it crosses my mind a little bit, like when I go to a baseball game. After that night, the stage was gone. <laughs> I don't understand it, bro. <laughs> I sat at the Grammys and saw the stage will be gone. <laughs> understand how they get the stage gone. I don't understand when the... What, I still don't... Under- <laughs> Y'all might be thinking right now, I wonder... Did he smoke something before he came out here? <laughs> the answer is yes. I rolled up a little something. I knocked the edge off. Listen to the kids, bro. If my grandfather was here right now, he would not let me run for president. Wait, is that like their version of Lifetime Achievement Award or yeah, some the shit? Vanguard Award. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, you know, Kanye's making it. He had a 13 minute speech about, I, about nothing. I barely understood that shit. 
He said, bruh, a lot. Listen to the kids, bro. Listen, listen to the kids. kids. Come on, Kanye. You don't listen to the kids. Them goddamn expensive sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> no kid wants to spend that much money in your damn sneakers. $400 for a fucking pair of Roshis. Yeah, come on, son. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not fooled. I'm not getting fooled by that. But he did drop the bombshell. Kanye for president. 2020. This is the loudest silence you're going to hear from me right now. <laughs> that silence. You ain't voting for Kanye? Fuck no. Kanye running this country? Fuck no. I'm going to Canada. He's like the black George Bush. No, he's not. Kanye don't care about white people. It's like the exact opposite. Kanye does care, but he cares about everybody. <laughs> he cares about the Kardashians, way. money, and overpriced fucking hoodies. Yeah, so can you imagine America? Dresses like a street hobo for $1,800. Can you imagine Kanye's running this country under like 808 and heartbreak Kanye? Like this is a college dropout Kanye who has something to say. This is... Jesus Kanye where everything just sounds weird and distorted. This ain't Jesus Walk Kanye? Fuck no, because that Jesus Walks Kanye is Rhymefest Kanye. That's not even Kanye Kanye. Yo, but imagine, like, Kanye got, like, some of the dopest ghostwriters when he was making music. His whole cabinet would be dope. Everyone's better than him. He's just a figurehead. Be, you know he's going to hire a bunch of dope-ass people underneath him. Well, you know Bentley Farnsworth. Farnsworth Bentley will be in there, you know, holding his umbrella. Oh, but Farnsworth you know, is his right-hand know, man. Let's be real. You know how easy it would be to assassinate Kanye West? Because, like, I don't think anybody would feel bad about assassinating Kanye, President West. It depends. Who's his vice president? Chief Keefe? No. You know, he put someone on just really random. Yeah. He always pulls someone out of, like, thin air. So you can't assassinate uh, him I, if someone I'll underneath you, him is just fucking wild. I'll give you one guess. It's going to be somebody in the family. Oh, God, no. Go ahead. I mean, French ain't there no more. No, I would no. love French as vice president, talk, by the way. I'm not talking about Brock that stand up. I'm talking about the Kardashian clan. Yeah, French was dating Chloe for nope. a second. Yo, French is no. vice president. The Bronx no. would be in there. No. We'd have chuletas and baclaitos every it week. It would be French. Damn. French fucked it up for us. We could have be been French. vice president. Come on, man. Kanye's trying to make a statement here. Let's see. Who's in the family? James Harden? James Harden can't be vice it's president. not a dude. Well, used to be a dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see where you're going with this. Would he run under Bruce? Jed? How does that work? Exactly. And that's why Kanye would do it. Yo, that would get him votes, though. Would it? Yeah. Hell would yeah. First transgender vice president? That shit's cutting edge. You need that. You need, like, shock factor. Like, you, know, you, you can't just what? be a woman running for president anymore. That shit's lame. Here's like, what's wrong with America, right? This is exactly what's wrong with America right now. It's never about the music, and then it won't be about the politics. It'll be about who he's running with. Exactly. It'd be like, oh. We've seen black people. We're going to see w- women. You got to just shock the world. And so, it's Kanye. You got to do something new. Transgender is the new wave. Kim Kardashian is the first lady. It's disgusting. It's not that. Like, not Kim K now. Not like Kim K, K are we from the about? fucking penguin Photoshop joints that were going around at the awards. The many faces of Kim Kardashian. Yeah, so not like 1,800-pound Kim Kardashian while pregnant. Like the sexy Kim Kardashian. Oh, the Kim Kardashian that sucked Ray J's dick. That's going to be her, her first lady, huh? Hey, listen. There's been wilder shit to happen in the White House. Not really. My boy Clinton made some shit happen yeah, and pop but, off. But that's... that's look, it's Bill Clinton. It's like... This is after he got in the White House. Kanye fucked up before the White House. This is pre-president Kanye. No, it's not. Listen, she makes enough money. Her whole life changed after that sex tape. She'll be all right. No. No, she was First with, lady with a sex tape. Son, she was with Chris Humphreys. That hurts. That hurts more than a sex tape. Like, Chris Humphreys, Reggie Bush. Like, everybody had... Like, you've never heard a first lady where they were like, everybody had a piece of the first lady's ass. 
and the many faces of Kim Kardashian, like Kanye would never hear the end of it. Oh, she's going to look ugly by then, too. Yeah, her, her face is already like. She's going to be halfway to Lil' Kim. Halfway? She might be all full Lil' Kim by 2020. Ah, that's rough. And, but let's go back to this Kanye for president thing. Like his speech, he said in the beginning of the speech, he's not a politician. At the end of his speech, he says, as you probably guessed by now, no, Kanye, nothing you said in that goddamn speech made me think that you were going to say you're running for president. Not a fucking thing there you said. There was not one context clue that led me. He didn't say, I'm going to change the world. Like, college dropout Kanye, late registration Kanye, graduation Kanye could have said I'm running for president. I'd be like, eh, you know, I'll give some credence to that. This Kanye, like... Kanye that doesn't not really make, Jesus Kanye the Kanye does that doesn't really make great music anymore. Let's just be honest. He's not like he, there's nothing that's really stuck to us. I like Blood on the Leaves. That was like the only shit. But I you're like struggling from last at it. When, even when you said it, you <laughs> struggled. It wasn't like I love like Spaceship or, or you know like two words. It's, that Kanye is long gone. Yeah, yeah, two words. This is new. We're Kanye. never getting that again. Yeah, this not, not from him. It's not crack music, Kanye, which is another song he didn't write. But <laughs> I'm just being shout out honest. to the Ghost Riders. But this is Kanye who made a, an album full of noise and called it Cutting Edge. So if he ran for president, and let's just say he won, what is his first order of business going to be? Is it going to be about the artist? No. It's going to be about him. Yeah. Fuck Kanye. He, yeah. <laughs> for president, no thanks, man. Y'all can have that shit. He's going to go into Congress and just set shit on fire. Yo, but here's the problem. Just he, mad flames, and he's going to wear the mask like he wore on tour. Okay. So you're not even going to see his face. He's going to have like the diamond-studded mask in Congress. Just walking right up in that shit. Imagine the Kanye State of the Union speech. Oh. Last night at the MTV Awards, he said he was God. Imagine if he was president. And he said he was God. You know how many people were bombers? <laughs> shit, yo. <laughs> Kanye for president would be horrible. But here's the funny thing. Two terms. I need two terms Listen, out of Kanye. Donald Trump, he's not winning. He's not going to. Miley's voting for him. Whatever. But <laughs> Donald Trump's going to live forever because he's evil. Like, evil people just live forever. Right? Yeah, they do. So if Kanye, if there was a Kanye versus Trump ticket in 2020, yes, I would be packing my bags and I'd move to Canada where I'd endorse Drake as president. <laughs> like, I would endorse Rather have it. Drake as president. Yes. Then Kanye. Do they have Trump? presidents in Canada? No. How, how does that work? It's the, it's the uh, do they? Jesus Christ. I can't even think. Yeah, the prime minister. Prime minister. Okay, thank yeah. you. Thank Drake you. would be the prime minister and, like, Bieber would be his bitch. And that would be Canada. And, but nothing oh, that's ever not happens. bad. Bieber for First Canada. Lady. Look, Bieber is halfway to Ellen DeGeneres. He could be First Lady. Yo, that haircut. Oh, though. God. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Listen, <laughs> fuck it. I don't want to talk about Kanye being president anymore because it's never going to happen. He's lying. Why the fuck you lying? That's my <laughs> shit right now. Y'all going to hear it about like 12 times on this show. Kanye's never running for president. Donald Trump's a racist. Hulk Hogan's a racist, which we'll talk about later. Yes. And Justin Bieber has really bad hair. Yo, he has the middle-aged woman, I mess with black men haircut. It's like even worse than that. It's like it's like short on one side, long on the other. Actually, you might be right. This is like blondie, like <laughs> Bananarama hair. Like yeah, he's got it's 80s karate kid hair right now. I know he paid like $600 for that haircut too. Yeah. Like you know that shit was just off the wall. Yeah. And he just got out the chair feeling fresh. Like when you get that fresh line and like your beard connect all the way and everything, you just feel like you, you just, you could, yeah, you take on the world. That's how he felt when he got that haircut, and that's no true. one told him. He looked like mad, like he looked like partial, like emo lesbian. Like that's what he looked like, like an emotional lesbian. Yeah, he he's his broke, at this point broke. he's like asexual. Like we we don't know exactly where Bieber stands. Yeah, yet people love him, and he dropped that iTunes thing that shot to the top in a minute. I didn't even listen to the song. 
I heard the song. I don't like the song that much. And I'm not against Biebs. Like, I usually like his singles and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I didn't like this one. Yeah, well, then he cried at the VMA. Oh, there's no crying in music. Yes, there is. Only if you're Chris Brown. And Chris Brown don't count. He hit Rihanna. He had to bounce back. He had some shit to cry about. Yeah, Bieber just hit the wall. That's all that happened with <laughs> Bieber. He just hit the wall and was like, I need help. I've done a lot of fucked up things in my life. He's another. Him and Chris Brown will be on the same celebrity rehab show. Yo, that's what happens, like... When you do too much Molly and then the come down hits you just like that. So like you what, just the haircut know. happens. The, <laughs> I mean, the emotional state of Beaver. So, you know, he was just like amped up and then like he just crashed and like tears started coming down. And he realized like, yo, I look like a 35 year old mom. And then he's just like, fuck, like this is my life. And then he starts crying yeah. and then people are applauding it. It's just a, a train wreck. And, you know, we're going to see him next weekend. Why? Mayweather oh, fight. You know your Mayweather boy Beef is going to be here with us. Damn. We got to ask him questions about that haircut. Because he always wears the Undertaker's hat when he goes out to Mayweather's <laughs> fight, too. I don't understand this shit. Like, why do you wear the Undertaker's hat when he goes to Mayweather? He's not going to hide that freshly cut hair. No. No, no. It's like half Light Caesar, half Bob. Like, he's trendsetting right now with that. Like, you can't even go to a barbershop and pick that shit on a wall. That's when you know your haircut is dope. When they don't got, like, a number for it, you'd be like, yo, let me get that number 56. He's off the charts. Yeah, it's like, let me get a little two with a little 37. Um, This shit I got in a magazine. A little <laughs> bit of Cassie and Lala and a little shave shit on the side. Yep. Like, Just, yo, I want to look exactly like Karuchi when she left Chris Brown. Yes. Make it happen. That's what he went in there and said, and they gave him the whole joint. So here's the mess up thing. We, we spent, I don't know how long we spent talking about the VMAs. Way too long. We haven't talked about a goddamn award yet, or performance, like or like an actual performance. I couldn't tell you who won what. Um, exactly. Performance-wise, The Weeknd performed. I caught like a quick glimpse of that. I like the new album, so. I don't, so go ahead. You don't like the new album? No, I don't like it. I, like, like, I like The Weeknd. Before I saw The Weeknd's face, I loved his music. Oh. Ever since he showed his face, he's a different artist. He's Why? You don't like the stupid little hair? No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just the, the whatever it did when he showed his face, he's not making the same music. House of Balloons Weekend is my shit. Yeah, I like, like all and, three joints in the trilogy. And people that have known about me, I was on The Weekend a long time ago, like way before House of Balloons dropped, when they were just on some like random-ass sites. But this new version of The Weeknd, I'm not really fans of it. It's too I mean, poppy. He's got to sell records. Yeah, I don't like the the poppy shit. I don't like uh, that single he has as way too upbeat, and he sounds like Bruno Mars. Yeah, like... I, I don't mm. like that song off of it. But I like like the deep kind of joint, the Tell Your Friends joint is fire. Uh, I, I, I um, my shoulders at all that shit. Yo, Bring me back bad. the old Mysterious Weekend. I don't like this weekend that I see all the time. Like, I don't want to see his face all the time. I don't want to... He's too far out there. I don't know... I need to know if we have, like, a strong female fan base. I know some women hit me up on Twitter, say they listen to the podcast. Explain how The weekend is a sex symbol. He I will got, never get TV. this. He's on TV. That's really all. He's on TV. Yo, chicks thirst over him. Like, Abel, this chick's with XOXO and yeah. their Instagrams and all. Like, how is super nappy dreads kind of in, like, a weird cone at the top of your head and being a chubby, light-skinned dude underneath that? Make you a sex symbol. He doesn't do any interviews, so you never really hear him talk. He just makes music. Oh, I just anticipate him having the Michael Jackson voice. Like, in my yeah. head, he speaks like Michael Jackson. Like, thank you, guys. I, I, yo, I don't know. It's, it, but if you're on TV and you got money, anything's beautiful. Yeah, that's fucking like, weird, let us Let us blow up, right? Like, because I've never really had a problem getting women or anything like that. But this shit go through the roof. 
You think? We got to get it. We need to be on TV, man. That's Operation 2016. Like, sensible women would be like, sensible women would be like, Andreas ain't shit. He's the same. Like, they'll do that. Sensible people will do that shit. But there'll be like a gang of Instagram models to be like on our shit. I can't handle that right now. I'm and trying to be like a good man right now. I'm not trying to like indulge no, I'm in married. the Instagram I'm not thoughts. indulging in any of that shit, but I'm just telling you what it is. What Listen, it is I'm, is that you're going to have- I'm living this wash life. I am trying to be like a, a one-woman man. They're going to like fuck up my life. Well, I yeah. can't do it. Yeah, you better get off social media. Yeah, like if you, you are listening, respond, just thank you, respond. hardcore audience, for not thirsting over me. And if I become famous off of this and we're on TV and shit, can you please just curve everyone else on my Instagram? Yeah, good luck. Like, yo, don't talk to him. Kel's going to get swallowed up by all that <laughs> shit. Do not corrupt Kel. Kel's going to be a new guy. You're gonna be, you're like you're gonna be wearing Kanye you changed. stuff. Changed, yo! I watched. <laughs> I'm wearing Yeezy Yeezys boots every weekend. Yeah, the tan joints, colors that don't even come out. You're, the taupe. Yep, taupe. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, check just, out these cranberry Yeezys. This is what it's like, like being a celebrity. Like the weekend gets mad, but because he's on TV and makes music, it has nothing to do with how this man looks. That's so weird. I need this explained to me. No, I'm sure some woman will explain it to you on the podcast. If a guy explains it to us, I'm blocking you. Um, but <laughs> now we gotta we'll get a, a women's opinion on this soon next week we're stacked but in a couple of weeks we'll come back and, and talk about all this maybe, crazy maybe shit. not because i prefer to forget about this entire conversation <laughs> all right so there was the awards we covered that now to nauseum uh talked about it way too long instead of going to the awards though you were in la yes, yes you I were in the tde offices what was your weekend like yeah so on saturday i got up and drove to la um to cover the Ricardo Mayorga Sugar Shane Mosley fight. And wow. I got a lot of shit on social media. Like, people were like, why aren't you at the Santa Cruz up tomorrow's fight? I was supposed to be there. Got hit and run, and damn near got yeah. my whole nose taken yeah. off of my car. We do have to talk about you almost getting destroyed, and then yeah, I'll be a one man show. I feel Which, like Kanye, though. Like, I just walked out that shit. Like, nope. You've gone uh, just too listening far. Listening to Through the Wire all day. If you were doing Through the Wire on this podcast, it'd be a one man show because I would not be back. <laughs> nope. Wouldn't want to have that. But, yeah, we'll talk about your hit-and-run situation. I'm glad that you're safe. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I'm safe. Yeah, well, you should be. But um, <laughs> I get to come here and talk. Some of our listeners probably would have hoped otherwise. They need these gems, yo. They would have been so upset if they had to have, like, a, a co-host because Kel one. is recovering. <laughs> like, yo, Kel's replacement for the next three weeks. They would have been upset. Yeah, they would have yeah, boycotted the show. He's sensible. Yo, we man, don't like him. We need that heat. We need Skip Bayless. <laughs> I'm you not are, Skip Bayless. Dog, you just accepted your Skip Bayless. I'm not Skip Bayless. Are. I just talk nothing but the truth, man. People, At any rate. People are scared of the truth. So I drove... Kanye for president. No. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'll probably just block out my vocals and just put in that drop through the rest Every of the time. Show, nobody wants to hear me sing this shit. <laughs> nobody wanted to hear him sing this shit, but it was amazing. Um, But yeah, I covered the Mayorga Mosley fight because one, I got paid to do it. And two... It was a train wreck waiting to happen. Like, I knew Mario Santa Cruz was going to be a good fight. There was no doubt about it. That fight was going to be good from the jump. I knew Staples Center was going to be rocking. But I've been to fights for, this is like almost my 10th year covering boxing. I can miss a good fight and watch a train wreck. And that shit was a train wreck. Yo, why'd the chick look like a professional wrestler singing in the middle of the ring? Which one? The one the Captain Marvel? One of yeah. my boys. <laughs> yo, one of my boys. I hope he's listening. Uh, ben Colley's part of the Wrestle Rap crew. He says she looks like an NXT superstar. She does. Yo. <laughs> they had music. Look, so so let me explain the experience a little bit. So you, we got to the forum, right? And they've kind of like redone the inside of the forum. It's more for like concerts now. It's not for Laker games anymore. Cool. Um, and so you get there and they charge us $25 for parking, which I expensed. But the fact that I had to pay $25 to park 
pissed me off. Like, I was mad. There's no media parking pass? No, they made media pay to park. Like, first of all, you got us to come to this fucking show. Like, you got us to watch <laughs> Shane Mosley and Ricardo Mayorga. They paid me to park at this That's shit. That's what I'm saying. But they made us pay to park. So I was, I was mad. Like, I was already mad when I got in the building. They had open media seating. You can sit wherever the fuck you wanted in the media section. And the media section, for some reason, was further back than any other media section that I've been in. So it's like me, Steve Kim, Doug Fisher, um, Ryan Burton, like people, like there were actual boxing journalists there. It was like they had like beers, like nobody was taking this shit serious. <laughs> there was a lot of chicks in bikinis, and I have no idea why. Indoors. Indoors, in bikinis, just walking around. Hopefully that's a trend. Continue. Perhaps. Um, in between round, even in between fights, the girls would put on these big ass boxing gloves and they would fight. Much to the chagrin of fans, because it wasn't like it was like cat fights where they were rolling around. They just looked really stupid doing it. It's like rock and sock and robots. But they weren't really rock and sock and shit. They were just giggling a lot. Oh, they do that shit at like King of Diamonds, like in the strip clubs. See, they have like boxing nights where chicks oil up in no. thongs and beat the hell out of each other. Your job is to strip. I expect your clothes off. I don't expect you to put on any type of boxing gloves. No, thank you. A stripper getting KO'd might be good entertainment. I don't know. They so, sell out this shit all week. I don't. So, so Shane, this is all Shane's doing. It's all his fault. Go Box Promotions ran by his girlfriend who's 31 has never done anything in boxing. That's ridiculous. She shouldn't have any hands in this. But She got her ass grabbed though. Yes, she did. Um, so in between that, you had you got these weird performances by people we've never heard of in our entire lives. So you you had the girl in the Captain Marvel outfit. You had, <laughs> you had the girl who was doing the TLC creep dance um, in the middle of her performance. I was like, yo, it's 2015. It's been 20 years. You got to cut that shit out. And then we had just some really strange fights. And Shane knocked out Ricardo Mayorga. Mayorga it was actually kind of, the fight was actually entertaining in like a bar fight kind of way. Mayorga was like half bullet club in that joint. Yeah. Don't suck it. Yeah, he, he came to suck it like he was jawing at him. It was like the old Mayorga. Now, mind you, Mayorga, it was a 158-pound weight limit. Mayorga came in at 165 the day before. The night of the fight, he probably weighed like 190. It's fat as fuck. <laughs> but he was here to get a check. Shane looked like he wanted to fight. Mayorga looked like he just wanted to play. And Shane missed weight too, though. Yeah, both of them missed weight. And Shane's talking about dropping down the weight even further. I, I don't know. People but, like, oh, yeah, to promote the fight and... Shane couldn't it like, just really didn't focus. Matter. In the grand scheme of things, it was a train wreck. It didn't matter. We all laughed at it. I would love to see the pay-per-view sales from that shit. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe eleven. It's like Zizix Road, the worst fucking film ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I never saw that film. but that, it's, it's the funny. least grossing film ever. Really? It is. Zizix Road. It sold like four seats at the box office. Like It sold $40. Holy shit. And it has uh, the chick from fucking Knocked Up. And it's funny because anybody on the West Coast who's ever driven between Vegas to L.A. knows exactly where There's that road is. Zizix Road is, yeah. <laughs> I look at it every time. It's the worst People in New York are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Zizix Road. Like, every time I drove by that road, like, for years, I was like, how do you pronounce this? Like, who? what dumbass made this road? Yes. Hence why no one saw the movie. Yes, exactly. Zizix Road. Okay, wow. <laughs> I remember seeing the movie at, like, Blockbuster or some shit, like yeah. Hollywood Video. He's grossing film all the time. This might Jesus rival it. 11 pay-per-views. Yeah, like, Shane That's why you're all the way in the back. They had to sell, like, as many tickets for, like, $100 in the front row as possible. They got about 2,000 people in there, maybe. Maybe three eventually. That's it? See, more <laughs> yeah. tough enough fights. I mean, it was it was rough because it was, like, 100 and, like, I, I could count on two hands how many people were there before the main event. And everybody just kind of flooded in. And I don't even call it a flood. They kind of like <laughs> trickled in and took their seats, which probably were comped. And, yeah, we had a train wreck of a fight. And that was that was my Saturday night. 
I went back to my hotel and kind of laughed the shit off, watched the Mario Santa Cruz fight. What did you think of the Mario Santa Cruz fight when you finally got to sit down and watch it? Like, I was, you were following it on Twitter, though. I was, um, wa- I was I watching. I saw your tweets. Like, I had my laptop, and I was literally watching the fight in between the fight. Oh. Like, I was, <laughs> like, when the people were like, what are you watching? I was like, the Mario Santa Cruz fight. Like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm watching this bullshit. Like, I'm, I can do both. I can multitask. Yeah. So I watched both fights. But they ended at the exact same time, which was crazy. Yeah, which was very like, crazy. on the dot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought Mares had a good game plan to come out, and I thought he really took it to Santa Cruz, and... Then Mr. Pity Pat took over and just carved him up. And Santa Cruz, even though you kind of looked at me crazy last week, outboxed Mares. Like, he has boxing skills. He wanted to be technical, and then he pity patted him to death, still with a, a ton of damn punches. But he showed that in, in the long run, he was just better conditioned and, and, and a better fighter. Said, that's yeah. what I said last week. I said, Mares can whatever he does, he can't keep it up for 12 rounds. And he rounds it close, he's going to go to Santa Cruz because he's going to be the busier fighter. And he doesn't. He's never really had to with Mars. That was, like, the problem. Like, usually yeah. that aggressive shit at that weight gets people out of there. And for a second, I thought, like, yo, he might be able to take a 10-8 round. And that's what I was banking on. Knock him down. Knock Santa Cruz down. Take a 10-8 round here and then keep it moving. He couldn't do it. Ran out of gas. And now he wants a rematch already. Yeah, but he needs to take his ass back down. He needs to go down to weight class. Mars isn't big enough for that weight class. No. And, he's, he's uh... I mean, a couple of wins, he'll get that rematch. Like I told you last week, I think it's a trilogy. They'll it fight could, again. It could be. Um, a lot of hyperbole. That's what social media is made for nowadays. Albums are classic three minutes after they drop. Fight your fight of the year. Fight was not the best fight I've seen. Four rounds in, people were just like, fight of the year. Yeah, this is amazing. Now, was, was like, it good? Let's see. <laughs> was the energy in the arena great from what I saw? Yes. When I, what First I, four rounds were great. Yeah. But after that, when, when Santa Cruz took over, I was like, this isn't a fight of the year. It's just a really good fight. There's mm-hmm. a big difference. There's a difference between a good album and a classic album. And people don't know the difference between that shit. What's your chances that Floyd versus Birdo is a classic fight? Ha. A fight of the year. Shit. Give it a percentage. Three. Three. <laughs> Yo, 11. We'll go with the same Shane Mosley, Ricardo Marga pay-per-view by as the percentage that it could, be, it could be wildly entertaining. Don't Birdo get me wrong. knocks him out for any strange reason, which is damn near unheard of. Um, if he just catches him with the Marquez Pacquiao one, one hit lucky stars joint, it might be fighter year. I mean, it'll be you know upset how much of the year. money people are gonna make from that. It, shit? It'll be upset of the year, guaranteed by far. Upset of the, the forever. Said, yeah, I was about to say biggest upset ever. ever. I mean, Mike Tyson Buster Douglas is pretty fucking big. This is bigger than that. Yeah, this might be bigger than that because the sustained dominance of Floyd Mayweather and his inability to be touched by anybody else. For him to get knocked out by Birdo, yeah, it would be upset of, of anything. I don't think we've ever seen an upset that big in any anything. I pray. I got to pray for that. Like, I want to see that. Like, if there's any outcome that would make this weekend worth it or next weekend worth it, it'd be that. Yeah, you have to make it worth my while. Like that, like anything f- outside of that, I'm going to just be upset. And at least I'm going out after the fight and I can have a couple of drinks and chill. Yeah. So, I mean, back to mostly after the fight says he wants to fight. He told me. I was hurt when I fought Floyd. I was hurt when I fought Pacquiao. I want both of them. And I'm like, Shane, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> you're not going to get either of those guys. But he does want Juan Manuel Marquez, which is actually kind of feasible. It's possible. I mean, Marquez ain't doing shit. No. And I mean, but, you know, they have to find a weight to fight at because Marquez ain't coming up to like 158 to fight Shane Mosley. No, you got to fight at 154, right? In the 147. Like Marquez, actually Marquez is, is small. For 147. You saw what Floyd he was, did. Doing yeah, he was smaller than Floyd, really. So yeah. it's like, they have to be at like 140, and ah, Shane ain't making 140. They'll have to figure something out. 
The fight could happen. Marquez hasn't fought in what two years or something? Though? Marquez year and a half. The fight, like he has to be kind of heavy. Like yeah, he I has the weight on him. Just I mean, don't lose it. He's not Marcos Maidana heavy. Have you seen Marcos Maidana? He looked like he ate Marcos Maidana. <laughs> he's living off of those Floyd Yo. checks. You know how long you can live off a six million dollar check in Mexico? You know, I mean, shit. You know, you can live in Mexico, Central America, all that shit. Everywhere he lives in there, he's rolling like a king. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's a lot of damn money. Yo, he's just living. He's eating just mad food right now. He doesn't know how many street tacos that buys. No, Shit. I don't. They have to go for like fifty cents. It's Mexico. It is. And you just stay out of the big cities. You rolling around, chilling. You Marcos Maidana. He should have like an island in Mexico. Like they should carve out a piece of Mexico and call it his land. Yeah, yo, I'm. <laughs> I'm sure down where is it? Somewhere in Central America, where he's from. That shit can't be rich. He's from Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. So, I mean, you pick a place. You pick a bodega and you allow him to take it over. (laughs) (laughs) And you spread the shit out like the wire. And he takes over a whole block. And then you just name it after Marcos Maidana. That's That's it. That's all he needs. And he's he never has to fight again. No, he doesn't. Him and all his people are taken care of. Like Marcos Maidana will two fat checks from Mayweather. Back to back. Yeah. In one year, he made more than he would ever thought he'd make in his career. He's out. Yeah, like, look at Andre Berto. Berto's about to make a career high earnings to go in there and lose and be a Floyd sparring partner. It's not a bad way to go. Nah, without the headgear. You're just not doing it without the headgear. And Maidana, I mean, probably won't see him again. Uh, who else gets, like, really big in between fights? Oh, Broner. Yeah, Broner gets big. Double big. cheeseburger Broner. Somehow he loses that shit every fight, though. Yeah, because he's still young. But he eat it in and out. Yeah. Like three days before the fight, like Marcus Maidana Chavez ate, Jr. Marcus Maidana ate an In and Out. Like he, <laughs> he didn't eat just the burger. He had like the burger, the fries, the people behind the register, the fucking <laughs> chairs. Like he ate all that shit. Marcus like Maidana two bills right yo, now. Yo, have you seen him? No, I didn't see the yo, picture. Yo, he's I gotta huge. Pull it up. He's huge. You got to pull it up. He's huge. That's crazy. But back, yeah, Shane wants. He wants uh, one man Marcus. I don't know how we got the fat ass Maidana, but Shane wants Marquez. <laughs> Floyd or Pacquiao, he only wants big names. He wants a few more fights, and he wants to get out the business. Uh, he wants to be a promoter. Now, judging from how this promotion went, he should probably not be a promoter. No. But Shane, do whatever you want. I'm sure he wanted to promote his son. Yeah, but he's got to just keep him off them drugs. Yeah, I was yeah, about to and then that went left. Stop them PEDs, boy. And he told me how mad he was at his son for doing that shit. He was like, yo, you saw how much trouble I got in, and I didn't even know. He's like, why won't you tell me? Like, you know, I'm well-versed in this shit. I had to deal with Balco. Like, why won't you tell me if you took something you didn't know? Dumbass. It's a lot of dumbass that's rolling around these parts. Yo, that's what it's about. Talking about that Floyd Media Day, we didn't discuss it last week because we no, hadn't we, gone yet. We right? hadn't gone yet. You still didn't go. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, I was there. I was just there before you. Yeah, you got there when Big Tigger was like, you and Big Tigger. Me, Big Tigger, <laughs> chilling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I talked to some of, like, the... Gym guys, like just people that train Mayweather Gym. I was like, yo, I've seen everything else. I went. I went to get something to eat. I was chilling. Uh, I had something else to do, and I was like, uh, I hit you up. I was like, is he there yet? You're like, nah, not yet. Then I hit you up half an hour after that. You're like, yo, he just got here. And then I was looking. I was like, uh, do I want to deal with the 5 o'clock traffic? Probably not. You, like, okay. And I, I saw the videos. I was like, cool, it's a sparring match. I- I'm more interested in what the sparring match says than watching him spar. Well, then and that's I, like I wrote a few pieces on that, but for one, first of all, I've covered Mayweather fight. There's two different Mayweathers. There's post De La Hoya Mayweather and pre uh, Mayweather De La Hoya. I mean Mayweather De La Hoya. Yeah, before he won. And I've covered all of his fights since the De La Hoya fight. That's when I first got in covering boxing. 
I've never I've been to all his media days. That was the smallest media day crowd I've ever seen. Oh yeah, when I was there, it was a ghost town, which is still larger than ninety eight percent of anybody else's media day. Because most <laughs> other like people don't know, boxing media days are pretty damn scarce. Like the good ones, maybe we'll still have like thirty people there. There was still a good like you know maybe a hundred people there, but it wasn't. It was a far cry from Mayweather Pacquiao for obvious reasons. But it was also like even the the Guerrero. You making a face? What is this Madonna fat right here? Yeah, that's fat. That's fat Madonna. Looks like Madonna's uncle. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I told you, my boy Ron, who's a, Filipino, he got an uncle look just like that, but he's like 45 and eats a whole lot of lumpia, well, so he, he got a reason to be fat. Yeah, he probably did the same. But um, yeah, it was the scarcest that Floyd made with the media day. Was not a lot of media there, and then Floyd shows up and he shows up in his 4.8 million dollar car. Which got more talked. It was more talked about than anything else he did up until the sparring. Oh yeah, and then he has his fleet of cars with him, and then a lot of us, you know, me, Kevin Ioli, like Steve Carr, we're sitting around and we're like, "The fuck we got to talk about?" Like, we know what he's gonna do. Most of us can write this before we leave. Floyd does his little video interviews. Of course, he's defending why he's fought. He's picking Birdo. Of course. And then he comes over to us, um, and he sits down. And it's some what what. Is weird that that happens is he doesn't sit down. He stands there. Uh, Rafael Garcia starts wrapping his hands, and then he starts greasing his face. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, well, why the fuck is he greasing his face? He must be getting ready to spar. And I, but it didn't click. And I'm asking the question that I asked him that Leonard Ellerby looked at me and like smiled, because I was like, you remember the day we were sitting in the room and we were talking about you know who you're gonna fight next, and you were like, I'm either gonna fight Andre Berto or Kareem Mayfield. Yeah. And we kind of laughed at him. I was like, was that the moment you decided to fight Andre Berto? Like, you were like, fuck these guys. I'm going to fight Andre <laughs> Berto. And Floyd, you know, Floyd gave a series. He was like, no, no, not like that. And Leonard's smiling. I'm looking at Leonard. I'm like, when did you know this fight was going to happen? Like, I feel like Mayweather gave us a big fuck you when we laughed at him. Yeah, like he just trolled us. Like, what do you mean? I can't pick who I want to fight? Yeah. Like, I fight whoever I want. I'm Mayweather. You coming for me. Like, Yeah, so I'm going to fight. He was dead serious in that back room, too. He was like, Mayfield or Berto. And we were all just like. Yeah, we like, come on. Yeah, like, yeah, like you know how many pieces came out with people like Floyd's trolling us. Like I was the main one. Like mad people was like he's gonna fight Berto. I was like, no, he's not. He's yo, trolling once us. I posted that video, people were like, nah, like why are you like it's crazy. I was like, like yo, playing. he said it. Like what do you want me? To, like he honest to God looked like he believed it, and it, it he did. It came to fruition. I did ask, and that's why I asked him. I, I asked Leonard the same exact question. I said, I'm gonna ask you the same question. I asked Floyd, did y'all make the decision that day to fight Andre Berto? And he was like, well, we were always five steps ahead. You know, they all dance around the question like Floyd dances around punches. <laughs> but and then F- Floyd disappears and just comes back with headgear on. And, you know, there's, there's there's two rings. There's the doghouse ring where all the sparring happens. Yeah. That's where the the Rotman brothers, you know, had their little lawsuit for the 36-minute rounds. Exactly. And, and there's then the, the ring, major. Yeah, like, where Floyd usually jumps in and does his sit-ups and gets all the camera shots. Yeah. He doesn't get in there. And all you know how everybody lines up. Everybody's surrounding the ring. Yeah. And people are looking over. And I looked over, and I, I saw, I think it was like Martin Rogers or somebody. And it was like, you think Floyd's about to spar? And he has his headgear on. I was like, I think he's about to spar. And everybody runs to like the other side. To the other ring, yeah. Because nobody, people have seen Floyd spar, but there's, the rule is like no phone, no recording devices of any kind when Floyd That spar. is the key, yeah. And Floyd just puts on his gear, calls a guy in, I, I can't think of his name right now, and proceeds to box two nine-minute rounds. And, I mean, he looked good. His condition is up to snuff. He's Floyd. Yeah. But the fact, it says to me two things. He was taking a lot of punches in those sessions. Well, 
it looked like it, but he really wasn't. I mean, he was just kind of like he was well, more more so than normal Floyd, but he was standing more toe to toe than I would think. But I've only seen him spar twice in my life. I mean, before then, I'm, I haven't been around long enough to see every Floyd Mayweather sparring session um, and get that crazy access for that long. Yeah. So before, you know, it's kind of like he was more movement. He does a lot of what he does in the ring during yeah. fights. This time he was just like, up, oh, flat-footed, let's go. I mean, obviously he's preparing for Berto, right? And maybe he wants Andre to see that, you know, this is what you're going to get, which still isn't a whole lot. It still wasn't like he was throwing like 100 punches around. No, it was like no, real no. Santa Cruz. The other thing it tells me is I think Floyd's really retiring. Like, in my, in the way that his conversation came off and the way that, uh, you know, I talked to his baby mom, Melissa, who I've known for a long time, the way that her, like, the way the demeanor really is, I don't think this. I don't think he's coming back. You know all these people. We got to get them on the show. Yeah, she is like a wealth of information. Well, yeah, but I just want to know more about her. Like you guys, like well, been she, friends forever. Like yeah, I don't care about Floyd. Only. She, <laughs> she's the only. But it's just the fact is in, that the demeanor from everybody there is really suggesting that Floyd doesn't really care about. It. Like he doesn't really want to do this anymore. And you, we got that even with the Pacquiao fight. We got that with the Canelo fight. We're Floyd's like, I'd rather just kind of, I'm older now and I'd rather be around my kids. He wants to leave with all his faculties. That's, that's, and at this point. He's going to do that. And he even would, if he fought escape his, yeah, he, even if he fought his, his 50th fight, he'd have all his faculties. But I think the desire to do it is just really not there anymore. Like he really has no desire to do this. Oh, I don't know. I think he still has a lot of desire to make money at a large clip. And he's going to find out once again, he's like, kind of like Jay-Z. You're the talent. You're the whole talent for your company, so you have to keep rapping eventually. Oh, they're doomed. Like, like Mayweather Promotions is doomed. It's done once you stop. So I I think he has this idea that he's built it up to a point where he can continue. And they've gotten, like, a couple other little fights here and there. They had uh, the Sean Porter joint where they were a part of. Yeah. And all this. You know, they peppered it. None of their fighters, though. That's the the problem. No, no. But, you know, PBC has helped where they're just like, yo, I just need, you know, a little company to step in because Al Heyman doesn't necessarily have, like, the licensing to do that. So he uses other people. So he's like, yo, Mayweather, I'll give you a nice little, little percentage. Come in, put your name on this. And I think Floyd has this idea now that these fighters can carry him and the company. And I think he's going to take time off and realize... I'm wrong, and I got to step back in the ring. And right now, this, you know, it's similar to Jay. When Jay retired, everything was like, oh, my God, Jay's gone. And then you go a year and a half, and he's just like, oh, I'm the talent. Yeah, you, I, I got to come back. You get an itch. So, and I, it's, look, if Floyd came back, I would be surprised. Not at all. Like, nothing about, nothing about Floyd returning would surprise me. But if he didn't come back, I would be equally not surprised. Like, I'm really, like, just talking to him and seeing how he's acting, I'm just like, I don't think he wants to do this anymore. And it's a lot different. Like, rapping is me. I go to sleep. I think of some raps in my head. I wake up. I go to the booth. I spit them. I'm done. Right? The biggest, the most work I'm going to have to do after that is my promo tour. Yeah. Like, you know, that's really it. Boxing, I go get my ass kicked, run eight miles. There's a lot of shit you got to do to prepare for a fight. Yeah, your body goes through it a little bit more. Uh, Tours are grueling. You know, and that's right. that's why I'm a little concerned with like that's why I really think Floyd just doesn't really care about this shit anymore. Like picking Andre Bertos was signal number one. Like I, I think don't care. May might be out of the question. I, I think this is the first May we don't see Floyd. But I think we roll around this time next year, May twenty. What would that be? Seventeen. Floyd's damn near forty. You think he would come back at forty if think- he's fighting an older fighter? I think 
if he can get a Cotto, if he can get... But he's um, beat him. He that, just needs a big name for the money. The only name that could bring him back out with the money... Pacquiao is, again? Yeah. That's the only, and, that, and that'll be strictly for the money. Pacquiao would have to win twice this next year. But this, that's my point. And then call out Floyd and say, I'm healthy, and Floyd come back out of retirement. I think the, the Which long, would be huge, by the way. The longer Floyd stays away, the more likely he's not coming back. If he, like, he would have to come back because all the stars would have to align. The arena opens next year. Yeah. He would have to be the first fight. Get a shitload of money for number 50. Perhaps fighting Pacquiao because in his mind, he's not going to fight anybody young and dangerous like Keith Thurman or Sean Porter or any of those guys. I mean, even though he should have been fought Amir Khan, I think Amir just kind of talked himself out of the fight. Yeah, Amir is a rat. So He can't even get the Kell Brook fight at this point. He can't get shit. He, he'll end up fighting Shane Mosley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want Porter. Nah. Which and I have a story coming up, and I'm not going to put out too much. I talked to Kenny Porter, who was training Shane, and and yeah, they put in the call for a lot of names, and there's two of them have already said no. Oh. and I, I, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, fight week. We'll probably probably have to get Kenny and Sean back on the show. Yeah, yeah, we got to stack next week's show. Yeah, by the way, we'll have two shows for you guys next week. But yeah, it's just everything like for him to allow his sparring to be filmed was like, first of all, I don't give a fuck about Berto because there's nothing he can watch here to do anything against me. That's what I took away. Yeah, <laughs> and then the second thing was, eh, maybe I'll just leave you guys with something special on my way out. So yeah, I think I think Floyd might be out. It's not. It's just not. Before it was like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna retire. Fifty is is just forty nine. Why don't you break the record? Now it's just like even watching that all access, even though I know it's scripted as shit, he's really that happy with his kids and spend time with his kids. And the fact that when you have when you just deposited a two hundred like forty two million dollar check into your bank account. Kinda set for life. Kinda don't need to do this shit anymore. A bunt on top of all the other money you've made. You know how hard you met, have you ever seen the movie Brewster's Millions? No. Richard Pryor, he had to spend like a million dollars in a day and it was like a hard Yeah, okay, hit. no, yeah. Now think about spending two hundred and forty seven million and that's just one check. Now, first of all, taxes. The, the government gets theirs, but still, like this fight is going to make what thirty million? I mean, come on, he had the richest contract. So what? What else do you need? Like what? What else do you really need? I know Floyd likes his money, but I think he like he just kind of wants to walk away. When he, when you start saying, it'll shit, be it's like odd to see him like fade into the background and not be flashy Floyd in the spotlight and crave the attention. I don't think he craves the attention now. Like, when I watch him now, I think he does it as an obligation. He doesn't like to leave, like, he doesn't like being mobbed by people anymore. He doesn't like all that attention. He's that's, old. Yeah, that's he's that young man, Joe. Yeah, he's washed. He's, it's all right. It's cool to be washed when you do that shit. Like, just leave it alone, walk away, enjoy your money, your kids, and that's like, it. Don't, I mean, I'm sure Floyd does dumb shit. I mean, everybody does dumb shit, and, you know, they want to go out and party and, and, you know, whatever it is that they do. I'm not saying Floyd goes to a nightclub, but. You know, like the whole incident at Fatburger with T.I. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think he kind of wants to get out of that shit. Because all it is is more negative attention. And at this point, you're fighting somebody. Nobody likes you. You know, like, and like he was telling me, he was like, all that really matters to me is my kids love me. He was like, I used to want to be a person that everybody loves me. He was like, no, all that matters to me is my kid loves me and my parents set. And I got a lot of money. And I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want, whenever I feel like it. He's like, when I fight, I have to go to the gym. I have to work out. I don't have to do that anymore. And I'll be happy to walk away from this shit. Oh, like he might be done. We'll see after this fight. We'll see if Pacquiao can talk him out of it. Um, when we come back, though, we got to talk about the other thing you did this weekend, PWG, yeah. and we'll talk about Monday Night Raw and some other shit. And yeah, then we I, have a I UFC didn't talk about being at the too. TDE offices either, but uh, oh, we can talk look about it. A little so bit we'll later. talk about that when we come back. Yep. Quick break.
I've told her quite a story, said I love her forevermore. But the trouble is I tell the same old story to every girl that walks through the door. This is the slick star talking at your honey. All right, we're back from a quick break. We got to talk to Andreas about PWG yeah. Sunday night. Crazy. Um, I guess I have to do, there's a lot of people who have asked me, what the fuck is PWG? So PWG is Pro Wrestling Gorillas, an independent promotion that happens in Reseda, California. Um, it happens once every two to three months in a small warehouse that has no fucking air conditioning. <laughs> Ever, I guess. Ever. And it's always hot. Um, but the likes of El Generico, who became Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, who became Kevin Owens, Pac, who became a- uh, Adrian Neville, or Neville! <laughs> um, Daniel Bryan's wrestled in PWG, AJ Styles has wrestled in PWG, Cesaro, all these guys have wrestled for this independent promotion. Started by a few guys, uh, Super Dragon, Joey Ryan, and I can't remember the other two guys. Still names. wrestles. Right. Super Dragon and Joey Ryan both still wrestling. Joey Ryan's part of a tag team called World's Cutest Tag Team with Candice LeRae. A girl <laughs> who legit wrestles dudes and takes bumps like a man. Like, she's, and she's not big. She's small. I've seen the videos. It's crazy. They fuck her up. <laughs> they like, you're like, it's for real. But it's, it's an adult wrestling company. And not adult in the sense that, you know, there's like scantily clad women. No Miley Cyrus going on. No, it's none of that. But it is strictly the crowds are hot. The, the chants are intense. And... There's no barrier between the action and the fans, right? So there's stuff about 400 people in this arena or this building, and you can touch the ring. Uh, so many people have been there. Sofia Vergara, the one I went to, Ronda Rousey was there. Um, like this time was like Max Landis was there. Like a, a reporter from Esquire was there. It, it's just mad people, old wrestling people. Seth Rollins has showed up to the last one before this. Ray Mysterio was there. Ray Mysterio, unmasked Ray Mysterio was there. <laughs> like he walked by me and I saw the chin hair and I was like, I looked at Marcus, who went with me, and I was like, is that Ray Mysterio? Because it was Conan's fat ass was there, too. Okay. And I was like, nah. And I looked. Oh, that's because Prince Puma was there, right? Well, or Ricochet. Conan, yeah, Ricochet. So, got to sh- show you- love to the people. Probably Victoria, scouting who, some new people. Who used to wrestle in WWE. Victoria was there. She was sitting, like, right in front of us. It's it's always brings people. I know the cast of True Blood went to one. Um, and it's become this thing, right, that people go to because, A, it's not on pay-per-view. The only way you can get, watch it is on DVD like two months after the event happens. It's torrents now. It's super archaic, their method, right? It's open seating. There's, you either buy a front row seat or you buy a seat. And then you have to get in and sit down and hope you have a seat. They sell pitchers of beer for like $4. So you just <laughs> get fucking blasted out of your mind and just watch wrestling and chant. So this weekend was their Battle of Los Angeles, his annual tournament. Um that last three days that has insane matches and the winner usually gets to fight for the, the, the title, which is currently held by Roderick Strong, who's a face in ROH, but it was like the biggest fucking heel in PWG. I think I prefer him as a heel. He's a remarkable heel. He's been phenomenal. Like, for Roderick Strong, like, this is what happens. Like, Roderick Strong, when he was a face at the last one I went to, the chants for Roderick Strong are like shitty little boots because nobody likes his boots. And that's the chant. They call him <laughs> shitty little boots. And now he's a champ. He's shitty little champ. And... If you like both the wrestlers, it's both these guys. Or if somebody in the crowd says something stupid, it's fuck that guy. And that's how these fans spark off. It's an amazing experience. Ebola was this weekend. I went to day three. Um, and I'll just kind of recap it from the top. Uh, me and Marcus got there about 3.30. The line was I- insane. 
saw your like little video or something. Like it was deep. It and more so, people were there than the crazy Mayorga fight. Yeah, it felt like it. <laughs> but everybody's cool. So it's like it's hot as shit. People would buy waters, hand them out in the line. Like this isn't PWG doing this. This is just fans that are helping each other out. Max Landis, who did the Wrestling is Real video, bought pizzas for everybody, bought like 20 pieces, walked around, offered everybody a slice. Um, it was supposed to start at 5. The doors didn't open until 6.15. So we're sweating balls out there. Everybody's melting, <laughs> melting. And wrestling shirts, just talking about wrestling. We finally get inside. The event starts at about 6.30. The air doesn't work in there. You're melting. Fuck beer. I had water. Like, I didn't have any liquor <laughs> that day. And then once you find your seat, you don't want to get up. Now, the other thing is, like I said, there's no distance between the ring and the crowd. So if a wrestler falls on your chair and happens to break it, well, that's the end of your fucking chair. You're standing for the rest of the show. <laughs> so in short, I mean, people probably have seen the spoilers that have been posted online that people that care about PWG. But it was a combination this year of, like, British talent, um, Lucha Underground guys like Pentagon Jr., Phoenix. Uh, there was uh, Ricochet, of course, who's Prince Boom, but he was Ricochet. The Young Bucks. Uh, have formed a group called Mount Rushmore 2, uh, real short. Mount Rushmore 1 was the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and Kevin Steen, who is now Kevin Owens. That was Mount Rushmore 1. At Mystery Vortex, they formed Mount Rushmore 2 with the Young Bucks, Roderick Strong, and Super Dragon, who Super Dragon has always been a face, went heel on everybody and fucked everybody up. So now <laughs> they're like the NWO of PWG. So they had a tag match. We had our tournament matches. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. won, who anybody's ever seen is like this grappling whiz. Uh, he had a uh, he, he had a match like Marty Skrull, which ended up being half comedy, half like uh, real technical wrestling. Like it's it just it was it was a, an amazing event. Like the bumps that people took. Chris Hero's fat ass was there. But Chris Hero <laughs> can go, and he made it to the championship with Speedball Mike Bailey, who's like a karate guy who does not have a wrestler body, but he's fun to watch. People were just getting fucked up. Chris Hero beat Biff Busick with a pile driver from the second rope ah. on his head. Uh, he did a chain power driver like Eddie Guerrero did against Mike Bailey in the championship in the well in the finals. They, I mean, it was sick. Like I had an amazing time. The shit didn't end till fucking midnight, and I had to drive back to Vegas because I thought it was gonna end at nine, but it didn't end till midnight. I had to drive back to Vegas to deal with that, um, falling asleep behind the wheel stuff. So I had to stop at every stop and get me a Red Bull. I was when I got back, I was jacked. I was ready to do the podcast <laughs> at like five in the morning. Like let's go, shit. But I had a great time. Anybody who's never seen a B PWG show, go to Pro Wrestling Gorilla, uh, their website, buy a DVD, buy a Mystery Vortex. We have to set it up where, like, we'll go and just invite listeners and we all just go. Yeah, I mean, you really... Then, like, like, we'll just go chill, like, not Battle Los Angeles, because I clicked two minutes after the damn thing came up and it was gone. All their events are like that. We'll all, like, set something up and maybe we'll go with, like, 20 listeners or something and we all chill and... Drink and drink beer hang and out and, and jumped just, on like yo. That's it, man. The one event West I Coast to, listeners, we got to make it happen. Ronda Rousey chopped Tommaso Ciampa. Like Ciampa came out and he, like they held Biff Busick held Ciampa and Ronda Rousey chopped him in the chest. Like you get involved. The horse <laughs> women are always there. They're always there. Um, and it, like I said, it's just fun. Like Ciampa came back. Nobody expected Ciampa to come back. Um, Chuck Taylor. I don't know if anybody knows Chuck Taylor. Chucky e. T. He was there. Uh, dude, it was like it was just. It was so many people and so much wrestling that, and it was so lighthearted and so fun, the chance and the energy. And it, even though it was like a thousand degrees in there and I probably lost 10 pounds, it's time of my life, man. Like that <laughs> shit, I, I was more hyped about that than going to SummerSlam or NXT or anything else. The shit is great. Nah, that sounds like super dope. Uh, 
Did you catch Monday Night Raw when you came back? I did. I was even though I was over wrestling, and actually I watched it this morning. You know, I T-voted, it, I DVR'd it. I couldn't watch it that the same Monday. Like I was over it. I couldn't watch any more wrestling. Yeah, it was like too much. Way too overload. Much. Uh, so now that we saw it, you saw your boy Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Diggler. <laughs> Yo, this is Boogie Nights now. This Yo, almost flashed Nights. the whole damn crowd. Like, his towel is almost to, like, mid-thigh. I'm like, yo, what are you doing, my like, man? Like, I don't... It's a whole weird dynamic they have going on with him, Rusev, I Lana. Like, I don't understand why we're doing this anymore. Like, when we first started, like, first of all, Lana in, like, Euro trash gear isn't cool. Like, the jean vest. Ja- yeah, yeah, the jean. <laughs> she looks ridiculous, right? Like Jean don't... jacket with the sleeves cut, like Jada said. It's a dumb, it's a dumb ass angle. But um, the whole, like, she, she saw me naked, but it was only for two seconds. Like, did she see you naked? Like, it was just stupid. And it's like, I feel like Dolph just needs to bone them both, and we need to go back to the Attitude Era. I was wondering, because all guys have this happen. Shit, some of the women listening might have this happen. What do you do... When you're not cheating, but it looks like you're cheating and you get caught. What do you do when you are cheating and get caught? I've never had one of these situations. Shit, I have. See, I was, I was thinking, like, yo, like, what happens when someone walks in and catch you red-handed cheating? Like, I've been caught doing some stupid shit before, but it's always, like, after the fact. After the fact, whatever. Like, walking in and getting caught cheating, I feel bad for Dolph Ziggler. Like, yeah, yeah, I've never had like I've been in some situations where they just sound bad, like they're hard to explain. Like you, <laughs> like you, like, well, why, why were you there? Well, because and everything just sounds bad, but it's true. And there's no other and like those situations happen to men all the time, all the time. Where you'd be like, yo, I swear I'm not doing shit. Yeah, like, but it looks really bad. Yeah, right it lo- like why is she taking a shirt off? Well, somebody spilled beer on her shirt. And I just happened to walk in and she was taking the shirt off. It wasn't for me. It was for, like <laughs> those situations just sound bad. And men, because we are terrible liars and shit, when Start we do lie about some, and yeah, shit, when we when we are actually doing some shit, it sounds just as bad as when we're telling the truth. So they, they're equally the same. So when Ziggler got caught up, he's like, she just saw me for like two minutes or two seconds. Even on scripted television, I'm like, Dolph, you're lying. Like, yeah. like, like, like Dolph is not even reading the script right. Like, yeah, like there was no believe believability to that whole shit like you know all the women in the crowd were like leave him Lana yeah he got shit go. <laughs> you know Diggler stuck his diggles in some Summer Rae it's like it's, it's just too much going on yo it, the whole dynamic is crazy and Summer Rae's still whack yeah, I don't, she doesn't add anything to that no she's terrible they like, gotta move both of them on from that situation they're killing Rusev they, I mean they're killing them both like you know I'm a Ziggler guy so it's yeah. like to see him have to go through this each and every week know how I feel about Ziggler yeah but for him to have to explain like why Summer Rae walked into his locker room and, and sh- saw his schlong. Like, that's... I don't want to watch that shit. No, thank you. Yo, and they chopped it up, so it was like the entire episode yeah. of Monday Night Raw was like a soap opera between I these didn't four. Want to she was stupid. Was so, stupid. that was dumb. Um, Some okay matches, though. Cesaro keeps losing. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't... Kevin Owens has got to win. It's just that him and Cesaro need to wrestle elsewhere. And then if they're going to do it again, do it at like a pay-per-view for something important. SummerSlam is over. So it's like, why are we wrestling again on Raw? Why is Cesaro losing again? To yeah, they need something fresh. I mean, Owens might have to go against Orton now. Just Maybe. give him someone else with a big name anybody. to feud against. Anybody. Why has, like, Neville been written off television? Can anybody tell me that? Oh, man. That's the Stardust effect. Like Stardust is gone, too. Yeah, like, no one wants to see that shit. You got, like, Red Arrow, Green Arrow, it killed the, the whole momentum. Yeah, Ryback is still on every week, twice a week, holding a belt. 
And that's so infuriating because he's so terrible. Horrible. I don't understand. Even though he shell shocks the big show all the time, it's. Well, now it's commonplace. You know, like yeah. some things are like, man, a physical feat right there. That's amazing. And then you see it every fucking week. And you're like, okay, that's enough. Can we save it for something? Like, Rob back. Like, Raw as a whole was an okay show. Um, Dudley see, Boys, though. Of course. Seeing the Dudleys is always great. New Day. First of all, the best thing about Raw was Xavier Woods' perm. Xavier Woods' perm <laughs> was the, by far the best thing on Raw. Laying quite flat. Yes. And then bubble wrapping uh, the, the table, like save the tables. Like New Day <laughs> is just really super over right now. Oh, they're great right now. And the Big E dance. Oh, the Big E dance is just never getting that. that you could do that shit every week. Yo, That's we're still the New Day for Halloween, right? I'm getting someone to make this costume. Like I'm getting the Big E singlet with the stupid like half cape. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. All right, good. I'll get some Kofi dreads or I'll get a perm and be like Xavier Woods. I'll do it. Yo, Marcus do has it. to be Kofi. Well, let Marcus be Kofi. All right, good. He's got to get a weird chest, though. Yeah, we got to get, like, a, a fake chest plate or something. Yeah, you got you to gotta do that. But New Day is, like, mo- the most over thing right now, to me, in the company. It is. It is. Um, And the WWE will find a way to ruin it. Yeah, they'll the turn Usos face. will come back. They'll and turn then, them face yeah, ruin it. That's how they ruin it. Take them off television or some shit. And, you know, Vince loves black people. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> what else we have? Uh, Rollins. So... I have this thing about how this Rollins thing is playing out right now. It's inevitably going towards a Triple H Rollins fallout. Yeah, it seems like that. Everyone's it's, like, it's inevitable. Like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Rollins Triple H. My issue with this right now is how they're going about doing it. Sting winning the championship at Night of the Champions is possible if John Cena runs roughshod over Rollins. And Rollins lo- wins and retains the U.S. title and then loses the Sting later that night. Yeah. But all this really does is weaken Rollins, no matter how many ways you slice it. He has to win both matches. And it makes sense if he wins both matches because of the, the way to build his ego, he should win both matches. Realistically, there's no way in hell he should win both matches. Like, going against Cena is going to be a problem enough. My problem is is that I don't think they're going to handle this the right way and they're going to weaken Rollins or they're going to turn him face eventually. Well, he's going to go face. And that's what I don't want to see. He's a, be- he's he's a, a great far heel. better heel. But to go against Triple H and the authority, he's going to have to be a face. It, yeah. It's just the nature of the beast. And they can do it and not weaken him. I mean, the whole MO with Rollins is other people coming in and winning stuff for him. Right. So I could clearly see Sting... Rollins, after Rollins already beat uh, Cena, retains the title. Sting, Rollins, Triple H runs down, chair or something, a sledgehammer, it's Triple H. Sledgehammer, Sting has the bat. He's going to hit Sting. He hits Rollins. Gets the hell out of there. Sting's just like, oh. And then next thing you know, Scorpion death drop. Sting wins the title. Rollins is like, fuck, Triple H turned on me. You don't make Rollins look weak. You just make it look like. But Triple H turned on him. He just looks like a face, and that—that's my problem. And with, he has to be a face. That's the dilemma. Like, the, you're gonna turn Triple H face? Yes. Triple H's not a face. And the authority is gonna be a but face. He's, he's not. But the, the way that they've been playing the authority, to, they're pandering towards the crowd. NXT, like divas man, thing. They cheer that. for, and we'll talk about the divas because that's another fuck. That's become a debacle. Oh, absolutely debacle. But um, Triple. The, the only way I can see this working is if Triple H comes down to watch the Sting match and ends up getting involved because Sting forces Triple H's hand to get involved and then Rollins and then you know whatever happens and then Rollins gets pissy like I don't need you I don't need you the only problem again with this is nobody has Rollins back 
So if he doesn't have the authorities back, he's by himself as a heel. And he's not a strong heel when he doesn't have some type of backup. That means, like, Ambrose would have to turn heel. Something has to happen for this to make sense. Because the way it's working right now... Are you finally on board with the return of the Shield? No, I'm not. Because it's, it's too... It does, could be a great heel faction. It could, but not right now. Because now they're embroiled in this whole feud with the Wyatt family. Getting, and which is three on two. Right. With the Mount Wyatt guy. Right. But we don't need a third member to help them. Just keep getting, let them get their ass whooped. Because if you add a third member, it's going to be somebody that we don't want to see. That's all it's going to be. No, it'd have to be the Shield. It's not going to be Seth Rollins. They're like, Seth Rollins not getting involved with in that shit. It's like the pacing is bad for all this shit. Because now we're getting ready to head. We got Night of the Champions. We got SummerSlam in, in I mean, not SummerSlam. Royal Rumble. No, Survivor Series, Survivor Series in though. November. You have time to build things out, but you still want to. They still want to work on a Roman Reigns championship run. It's still, they still, they want to do it. They just are trying to figure out how. And you can see the gears turning on this, and they're trying to figure out a way to split off Ambrose from Roman to turn him heel because he's a natural heel. It's just Rollins in the middle of all this is like the Triple H feud is great because Rollins can't have the title when he's feuding with Triple H if no. it happens at WrestleMania. Yeah. It just, I wouldn't like him as a face. I wouldn't want to see that shit. Triple H has to mistakenly hit him then. Like, Triple H is swinging at Sting. Sting ducks. He hits Rollins. Rollins or, is out. And then Sting, Scorpion Death drops both of them, pins Rollins, and then Rollins just flips out the next day like, you cost me the belt. See, And or, then goes super heel. Or Triple H is trying to hit Rollins and hit Sting because him and Rollins get into it outside the ring. It wouldn't be bad either. And Rollins gets the pin, and, and then he's still mad. Like, I didn't need you to do that. And Only Rollins reason like, you I have wasn't. the belt is because of me. Right. And then it turns into that. It's, but him defending the, the title twice, I like it. I just, I'm, I'm not sure they're not going to handle this shit the right way. I like it more if they let him go clean twice. See, that's what I've always wanted to see Rollins do. <laughs> It'd be an amazing night. Because then it doesn't matter where you go from that. Because no, he's, he's proven over. and yeah. he's over. Where's then, my, get him a statue, goddammit. Yeah. Like, get that man a statue. <laughs> and then you can turn him whichever way you want. So uh, that's crazy. Before we talk about the Divas, let's talk about a Diva in NXT1 who was involved with a Seth Rollins. Diva? <laughs> no longer on the roster. Future Endeavor. And what was her name again? I, Zahara. Zahara. Yeah. So, Thank you. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, so the the whole story is Zahara, uh, her old Instagram. Like, first of all... For sure, she was the side chick, by the way. She was like Rollins' side chick. But yeah, she was on NXT TakeOver, sitting next to him. Here's my issue. You get signed to a very public company that has a very strong perception of their public perception. Like, they, they are very on top of social media and everything else. Super conscious. Zahara decides, you know what? These old pictures of swastikas and stuff, I'm just going to leave on my Instagram. Why? And then, you know, somebody pulled a screen grab and found her defending her use of the swastika. Always bad. Then she said she liked all the Disney princesses, except for the one in the princess in the far because she's black. <laughs> now, you can't defend this shit at a certain point. If you're going to be a racist like Hulk Hogan, try to do it in the privacy of your own home. If you get videotape, you, you just didn't know you were always a racist, but you just didn't know. To put it on your social media and on your Instagram. And then leave it and defend it. Right. Let, like, the shit's cool. Like, she was like, oh, the swastika used to be a symbol of, like, hope or something before Hitler took over. But then there's... Try to bring it back? Yeah. And then like there's, like... But clerks there's a, with Porch Monkey? There's a, the, right. Could <laughs> <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> but what they ended up... What she ends up doing is posting another picture of, like, My Little Pony with a Hitler mustache and a swastika. Now, you can't defend the use of that because we know what it is. 
It's like, you know, it's like... Um, Maybe who, she thinks just, Hitler's a very nice person. I don't who, know. who just tried to defend the Confederate flag? Someone did? Somebody did. All bad. The Confederate flag. Somebody defended the Confederate Was it what, Yellow Wolf? Yeah, it was Yellow Wolf. Yeah. And it, it makes you, like, as much as you try to defend it, it's like, dude, no, just leave it alone, okay? Time and place. Yeah, and, and there's no time and place. Like, there's no time and place to defend a swastika Well, like, when we had the Holocaust in America. Like, you can't defend that shit. So, yeah, she got future endeavors. Now, how, how this falls back on Rollins is what Rollins I'm Rollins got to cut her off. Well, he's all right. I'm sure he's cut her off. Side but, chick gone. There's always a new side chick. Is this what's going to lead to him losing the title? Because you know how the WWE likes to penalize people for it. You keep guilty by association. I mean, he didn't lose the title after the dick pics no, scandal. He out. He so, out. I mean, this is strike two, if anything. Yeah, you I got just, dick pics. You got a chick who, like, swastikas on your arm at the NXT event. Like one more she, one oh, more, and you're out. She said she didn't like the princess and the frog because it fucks with the image of princesses. It's a black princess. What is wrong with you? She also said she said she all was very sexy before she was a bigot. Yo, she also said that Native Americans and African Americans are the biggest whiners in America and need to shut up. Like scrub And in no way was this a work for her heel. No, because this was two years ago. Okay. Scrub good. your Instagram. Be a racist on your own time. <laughs> right? Like if you're gonna be a bigot, do it when nobody's watching. But for you to have the balls or the vagina or the tits or whatever you want to call it to put this stuff on social media and never reconsider it, like, you just got signed to the company. You know how the company is. Eh, I'll just leave it up there. We'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you deserve to be future endeavored. Now, I just want to know what Rollins was thinking because he had to see her Instagram. He probably hooked up off with her off of Instagram. Yeah, I, know, I mean, she's in a performance center. Maybe he came through. She is sexy. She's cute. She got the tattoos, everything like that. You I just can, t- keep talking about her being sexy. She is, and that's why she was a diva. She was, what, like a manager or some shit? Solomon no. Crow this first week? She just debuted. Right. Like, she got, like, two seconds. Grand opening, grand closing. That is easy. Over. Like, but damn. I'm just saying, like, you know, rounds in the bed. like, hey, baby, you know, them swastikas. I don't, I don't know about these swastikas. And she, like, jumps on the dick, and it's like, that, never mind. That's all it is. We're like, yeah, what, yeah. what does that mark mean? Oh, oh, okay. That's okay. fine. That's great. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Rollins was thinking. Like, Rollins should have known because his dick was just projected to the world. Like, hey, you. Because of her. I yeah. mean, because his girlfriend then found out about her. Right. And then leaked his shit. Like, it's getting ridiculous, people. But. He's he's done a lot for this side chick. I don't. I'm just saying, like, yo, you, this is so, you're the champ. Side chicks will blind you. Women are the downfall <laughs> of most Dude, Men, mo- modern civilization yeah. is the, is because of women. The, the the doom of modern Adam and Eve. Like we can start there. Yep. Like you, any ancient Greece, Rome, women. Everything falls because of women. Seth is about to just wreck his whole shit over a side chick with yeah. a swastika. Not even his main chick. Like you're not going down over your wife, right? You're going down over a side piece who probably just ain't a whole different you. conversation. Side pieces command a lot of respect nowadays. They shouldn't. Side chicks get treated more. Favorably than the wives, and that's sad. That's just the nature of having a side chick. I know that's why they crumble entire empires because <laughs> the the stronger woman in the situation is always going to be the wife because she has the power to take half of your shit. Yeah, side chicks don't have the power to do anything but expose you, which leads to you losing which half is of a your lot shit. of power. <laughs> which means keep your dick in your pants and don't fuck with chicks with swastikas. It's really the moral of the story. Lesson learned. Lesson Life learned. lesson on the podcast. That's why people listen to yes. us. Let's talk about the divas before we go to another quick break and come back with UFC, but. We have the Divas Revolution against the clock. Yo, this shit is trash, yo. They've ruined it already. Charlotte's going to get the, the belt. 
the belt. Send them back to NXT. Send them all back to NXT. Is a pay per view before or after I the record? The same thing. I don't know because I don't know. Like they that marketed countdown? the pay per view for three weeks away, but the countdown says fourteen days. Right. I and you, so and you is she know, gonna get the record and then drop it? I figure the WWE will manipulate this number like they did. Like WCW manipulated Goldberg's record. It's like okay. it's a hundred and something. No, no, he's not. They just make up numbers after a while. I thought they would have made up a number and then nobody would have looked it up and they would have rolled into the pay-per-view. If not, this shit has even gotten dumber. Because if she's she going to break the record. It's stupid. She can't drop the title and then win it back. No, she can't. But I, but that's why I'm saying this is revolution. It's just, it's Sasha just, Banks still didn't lose necessarily. But she got spiked on her head and she was about to get pinned in a minute. Come and then, on, yeah, man. And then gets pulled out of the ring and saved. Like, so it kind of looks a little weird. This is bad. So the NXT Divas at this point just can't lose, right? So they can't get pinned. They're untouchable. But Stephanie they McMahon have, have made them. Un- how? They, there's always triple threats. The other person always gets pinned. Right. When it's one-on-one, you get DQ'd or pulled out of a ring or something. It's crazy. They're untouchable. And there's, no, this, there's nothing revolutionary about this concept. We have to push the needle a little bit. Somebody's got to lose. They got to go one-on-one, or they have to have legit-ass matches. It was cool for the introduction and gave them some buzz. Now you need to solidify them. You have to make them I don't, less of a sideshow. Now they become a sideshow yeah. item. Yeah. Now you have to say you want legitimacy. We're going to treat them like every other superstar, and you're going to have to go out there, wrestle, and earn this shit. That's why we should be seeing like a weekly Divas match between these women, a Becky Lynch and a Sasha match, or or even Naomi, because she's you know she's past the NXT stage. She she got past it, but have them wrestle like ten minute matches, one on one, no interference, like no NXT. Look, yeah. that built these women where they just said one versus one, and you know what? We don't see every one of these women every week, but we see them every other week. Then WWE has two shows. You can put Sasha on one, you know Charlotte on the other, Becky on the next Monday. Switch it up. What what are we doing like? The beat the clock challenge was ill-fated from the beginning. Yes. Because but Charlotte is getting the push, and like she always does in NXT, she got the push first before Sasha. For, for obvious reasons, the flair connection. However, the, the thing about it is, okay, Becky Lynch can beat Alicia Fox. We all know Alicia Fox can't really wrestle. Yeah. Charlotte <laughs> can beat um, Brie Bella, Bella yeah. because Brie Bella can't really wrestle. Paige and Sasha Banks, on the other hand, that's not a beat the clock challenge. You know what? Even if it was part of beat the clock challenge, cool. Don't end the match as soon as the clock goes off. Give me a 10-minute match. That's what I'm saying. Let them go. And the shit hit a minute and a half, and it was like, done. Why couldn't we just see them wrestle for another eight minutes and showcase their talents being two of the best women wrestlers in the company? Like, see, I would have I been fine with this, that they get past a minute, and they wrestle to like a fucking schmoz, like it's a double count or some shit. They wrestled like a 15-minute great match. And nobody wins, and there's a DQ or something because all the Divas jump in. I'd be fine with that. It would have been fine. It sets them up. They could have had two Divas matches at the next pay per view. Exactly. That's my you point. You could have had Sasha versus Paige rivalry. You know what? We're not giving either of you the belt because Charlotte's the chosen one now. You guys go start your own rivalry. That shit will be great. And then you have Charlotte versus the Bellas, and you just split like that. Natural split. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are we doing Perfect. here? Every week. And they gonna, dropped the ball. Like, every week we're going to have these girls do, like, this ring around the rosy bullshit. Nobody gets pinned. This is terrible. And half of them suck. Can Tamina do a wrestling move? Tamina can actually wrestle. Can't she? But, like, she's a heel and she's, like, the powerhouse weak heel. It's weird. Because you always have the big, strong guy who sucks. And that's, like, Tamina right now. And it just, just so happens to be with the black crew. 
just, which <laughs> pisses me off. It's she just, got a little. She got a little flavor. That's why they threw her in there. It's just all weird to me, and all it just it doesn't make any sense, right? Because like Nikki Bell is not even the greatest wrestler, but she's decent at least. Charlotte can wrestle. Becky Lynch can wrestle. Sasha can wrestle. Why are they not wrestling? Paige can wrestle. We all those four. That's we, all I want to see. We have yet to see a Divas match, a one-on-one Divas match on Raw television that's gone over. Five minutes? They're all tag matches. and I don't give a shit about those. Quit ruining the Divas. They were talking about save the Divas. We need to bring that shit back. Send, I'm going to bring that hashtag. Send, <laughs> send their the ass back to NXT. <laughs> like send them at, it's like drop them back down, man. Like you called them up too early if you're not going to be the right Free the Divas. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like. It better be leading to one hell of a WrestleMania push with, like, three Divas matches or something crazy. Yeah, if you have four hours, I'll watch three Divas matches in four hours if they're in it because they can go. Yeah. So, uh, after the break, we got to talk UFC, man. We'll talk Ronda Rousey and maybe her future in the WWE because it looked like it might be coming sooner rather than later. Hey, she ain't got shit else to do. You can't keep collecting arms for the rest of the Hey, it's about that money. (laughs) For asking Virgil, right? What what would Virgil do if he was here? It's, It's about that money. So, Ronda's thinking about the money and can't blame her. And then we got UFC 191 coming up this week that yeah, we'll both out, be at. Full out preview. We're going to give our full predictions. So, if you've been hanging with us this long, stick with us a little more. All right. We reporting live from the 90059 with my nigga J-Rock. And this is WTOP Radio. And I'm your host, DJ Turnup. I don't turn down nothing but my collar. I ain't turning down no money. And I ain't turning down no motherfucking face. Now, bitch, if you're pushing up the street with your orangutan looking ass, take some advice and bang sissy, you flat foot bitch. Itching for a climax, last in past 1130. Do you got it like that? Do you really got it like that? Itching for a purpose, I can't seem to scratch the surface. I ain't got it like that. Do I really got it like that? You keep talking about time, I got none. You can find me with the sun, don't never win, and the waves don't part. You don't pay enough for my rent, don't start. I got big dream, and you got quick scheme to get rich quick, and I don't wanna waste another hour. Really need to take another shower. Dirty for you. All right, welcome back. Andres steady dropping crazy shit during our little breaks. So I know everyone had a good laugh. And before we start talking UFC, you keep forgetting to talk about what you actually did at the TDE offices oh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in between the the uh, Mosley Mayorga debauchery and uh, <laughs> the PWG marathon, I ended up going. I'm doing a piece on uh, J Rock for Complex about the album Nine Zero Zero Five Nine. So, I've known J Rock since 2008 before TDE was doing anything. I've known Top Dog when his name wasn't Top Dog, um, <laughs> and people who know know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I went to the TD office and heard the album. Everything but like two songs. And that shit is good. Is the album done? Yes. It's a... Uh, no date on it, though. No date. And a lot of people saw, saw the reports that were coming out that it might be coming out next week with the street dates. They are literally going the route of when it gets to a certain amount of pre-orders, they're dropping the album. And there's no... Whenever it reaches that number, that's when they're going to drop it. What I heard was great. Um... More interesting, though, is really going to be the premise of what I'm talking about with him when you guys see this article in about a week, is he's worked backwards. Most rappers come out and want to be the face of the labels, the first guy to come out, like 50 Cent with G-Unit, uh, Nelly and the St. Lunatics. Like yeah. the <laughs> it's like it's you, and then you be, you're the biggest star, and then you bring everybody else along, and they tend to never be as big as their biggest guy who came out first. J-Rock's run it worked in the exact reverse. 
The first day I met him, no, the second day I met him, because he came to my BET offices twice. We've had very interesting conversations, and we'll always stay off the record. But he gave me a flash drive of K-Dot, Kendrick Lamar. Nobody knew the fuck was Kendrick Lamar was. And I think I sent this to Shake. Back in the K-Dot days. And it was, and it'll be in the Kendrick Lamar EP, and it was like a shitload of songs that some of them have never seen the light of day. The first song that he had played for me was Kendrick rapping over, um, I think it was the Foreign Exchange beat. And I was like, the fuck is this? And, you know, and, and Kendrick, the second time, was sitting outside my office at BET, and he never came in, and I didn't know he was sitting outside, and we had like an hour conversation. That would never happen again today. <laughs> but... J-Rock has always been about the rest of the family. How old was Kendrick then? Like 22? No, no, no. He was 2008. He's what, 27 now? So that's seven years ago? So he's about 20. 20, yeah, Yeah. right? Like 1920. It was was the same night he ended up destroying Charles Hamilton down the street. Okay. I think it was an SOB show. Um, So me and J-Rock have always been cool, but he's always been about putting those guys on. This is before Schoolboy Q was even in the mix. There was no Schoolboy Q. It was only Absol and Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick. But so, in most rappers, their first project is their best project, with exception of like J. Cole, who his first project, his first full project album was his worst album. Yeah, it was not good. But J. Rock has gotten so much better as an MC, and to hear it come out, like, there's been talk about the song Vice City with the black hippie members on it. Yeah. Yo, this shit is phenomenal. And the reason why it's so dope is you can tell how much fun these guys were having in the studio together. Because it's really ignorant. Kendrick's talking about it. He spent too much on a coat. Like J-Rock's talking about it, fertilizing bitches. Like, it's it's insane. And then Q comes in, and it's like real rambunctious and absolute. It's, it's just comedy, but it's dope. I like all of their tracks together, though. Yeah, it's just something that is, and it's really, the thing was, is like, J-Rock kind of explained it to me that, you know, Kendrick brought him the beat. It was a Cardo beat. And was like, we got to do something to this. And Kendrick started laying the hook as a joke. He's like, you can hear him smiling on the track because he's laughing during this hook. And he was like, all right, we're going to go back and forth, kind of like how they did on Easy Bait. And then from there, like, Q came in and heard it and was like, I want in. And Absol came in and was like, I want in. It turned into a Black Hippie song. Doesn't mean a Black Hippie album is going to come out. People are still going to hold out their hopes for it. It's going to be really hard to get all four of those guys in the studio together. That's odd, though. Why? I mean, I know they all had their own stuff in touring and – Obviously, everyone is blown up at this point and has their own kind of niche area and group of fans. Right. Like, they have their hardcore fans that they can honestly tour and make their own money and appease their crowd and drop dope music. But it seems like for a guy, guys at such a small camp, it's not like a huge camp or anything. It's like just set aside a week or two, drop an EP with eight songs. Well, the thing about them is they like recording together, which means they all have to be in the studio at the same time. Lock your ass in the house. And you live in L.A. Like, find a mansion. I think silently the expectations are almost too high right now. Like, if they were to put out that album, I don't think it'd ever really truly meet whatever expectations we're looking for. And Quiet has kept, um, I think they need to, another round of albums need to come out. Most importantly for Absol, because his last album just frankly wasn't that good in, in comparison to the rest of the guys. Like, Oxymoron was great. This album, I Know Low 5'9 is great. Kendrick's album was great. Um, and now they got SZA and Isaiah Rashad in the mix. Yeah. Which and SZA's dope, too. Yeah. Her, her shit on Easy Bake? Oh. Whew. They could put her on every other hook and I'd be happy. She's she's dope. But she it's, sing her ass off. Good performance live and stuff. Yeah. So it's like for the folks that want to know, like 90059 is an amazing album. And the progression of J-Rock as an MC is very, like, I'm impressed. Like, I was thoroughly impressed. Like, 
Because he told me, he was like, yo, I don't take the game as serious anymore. I'm not, you know, every bar is not like life or death. He was like, I'm just happy to be here. And I, I, I like to see my brothers make it. And we all kind of sit around and we try to figure out new ways to write music. And they listen to different shit now. So, yeah, man, I, I spent there and I left with the Kendrick Lamar ventilators. Got me a TV hoodie, <laughs> which I've been owed from Red One. Shout out to Red One for a mad long time. And it's just, and I'll see those guys in a couple of weeks. Me and Shake will be at Life is Beautiful. You'll, you'll be there too. Yep. Um, Kendrick's performing, Absol's performing, and Scissors performing. I got to write like three articles for the entire weekend. So I'm going to just run around with you guys and just chill and do nothing. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be wild. Like, I went to Life is Beautiful last year when Kanye and Outkast were there. And it's. It was wild. But this weekend with Kendrick is, is, and Stevie Wonder and Imagine Dragons and Duran Duran, this is a weird fucking life. I feel like Shake really likes Duran Duran. And we're going to have to spend a lot of time at that stage. No, I like Duran Duran. You want to be real with you? You like Duran Duran? Yes, I like Duran Duran. No, I'm an 80s music guy. Like The Breakfast Club soundtrack is always one of my favorite soundtracks. Oh, definitely, definitely. So it's like definitely. 80s music is my shit. And when Duran Duran was putting the bill, like, I was like, oh, shit, Duran Duran. <laughs> like, for real. Like, Imagine Dragons, no, 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 no. I need to see Duran Duran. Like, Run the Jewels is on the bill, which we're definitely going to be sitting down with, too. Um, so, yeah. All that to say, spend the day at TD offices. Those are my dudes, and that J-Rock album is Flames. Can't wait to hear it. Hopefully it drops soon. Uh, hopefully everyone pre-orders that and we can get the album out. Yeah, I pre-ordered it too, just because. Show support, right? I don't need to buy shit, but I am. You know? uh, let's talk about UFC then, before we wrap this up. UFC, yeah. Ronda Rousey today came out and said she doesn't want to fight until her 30s, and everyone's like, okay, mid-30s. She's like, no, 31, 32. She was on a Joe Rogan podcast and kind of just talked about everything, and that's kind of the thing that stuck out, though. It's like, yo, you're 28 years old. 31, 30, that's like two years. Like, one, we need the cyborg fight to happen if it's ever going to happen. And two, uh, Dana needs to find a new cash cow. Well, there's also this other problem. She's not Floyd Mayweather, right? She doesn't make that kind of money where she can walk away from the sport and just be like, all right, fine, I'm done. The other thing is there was this guy by the name of Bernard Hopkins who promised his mother on her deathbed that he was going to retire at 40. How old is Bernard today? I think his mom is proud. <laughs> he's, mean, what, 50? He's 40, 48, 50. He's whatever the hell. Bernard is an alien, like he says. He's old as shit, and he's still fighting. People, if unless Ronda becomes, like, this tremendous actress, which I don't honestly see happening, she's going to continue to fight. Yeah, she's definitely a type actor. <laughs> she's yeah. going to be put in the box. She's but an Expendables. Like, she'll always be an Expendables-type movie. She's like the Jean-Claude Van Damme. Until, uh, you know, maybe she'll get her shit together. Maybe she'll be a phenomenal actress. She I could doubt. be like The Rock. That's a whole nother level. Like, The Rock was an actor before. Like, his whole WWE premise was built on how well he was on the mic. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that was all, you know, like any wrestler, well, not any wrestler, but most wrestlers should be good actors because this is basically live theater is what they're doing every week. Improv. Ronda's just tearing off arms every week. Doesn't make you a great <laughs> actress. I think she gets that WWE deal, though. I oh, think she gets the, a monster offer. That, Brock Lesnar. Three pay-per-views that's a year gone. type off. Yeah, that's a foregone conclusion in my eyes. Like, she's a wrestling fan. Like I just said, she shows the PWG shows. Like, yeah. she, she shows, like, she went to WrestleMania. And I don't think she just went to WrestleMania to be part of that segment. I think she was a fan. It was next to her backyard. Why wouldn't she go? Yeah. She's going to be in WWE. Is, is the wear and tear of, of, of MMA will eventually wear on her? I don't know if it'll be 30. I think she might try to do them both. Some part of me always says that Dana and Vince have this strange relationship where they call <laughs> each other and text each other like emojis. And Vince do doesn't do it himself. He has like somebody else do it because Vince is blind. What the hell does this emoji mean? Yeah, he's smiling at me. <laughs> Stephanie, 
Come here. And like then, you know, and Dana sends because Dana sends like emojis all the time. He put an emoji on Fedor's like Instagram. Yeah. Thing, which caught everybody's attention. But um, yeah, Ronda, she's not retiring. I, I just don't see her. She'll take it, she'll maybe take a few fights off, like a paid vacation, like, like I suggested. You want, yeah. <laughs> but she's not retiring. She's she's loved fighting too much yeah. to retire. And she's still in her prime. Like when you can dominate everyone, you get that itch quicker than anyone else. She's an attraction. And her next fight got moved up, so we don't get to see Ronda. No, she's gonna fight in Australia and in try to Australia. fill up that big ass building. And she will. Yeah, she will. She'll fill up that whole damn thing. People go to Buffalo Wild Wings uh and watch it stateside and she'll be one hell of an attraction. Hey, good for everybody but Holly Home. Horrible. You have for Holly no Holm. time to prepare to get your ass whooped. Three months. You know, it's like it's like you're dying of cancer when you're fighting Ronda Rousey. Because it's, it's, it's <laughs> inevitable. inevitable. <laughs> yeah, you can't avoid it. But now we just push the date up on your ass. Like you're gonna die of cancer. Yeah, she went stage five. Real yeah. quick. It's like, God damn, this shit is accelerated. <laughs> if she did have a chance, though, it's it's pretty much over. So now it's like, Holly, what? You're just going to feed her to the wolves? Just the next chick to get knocked out in 15 seconds? Or she's not going to get knocked out, but she'll get armbarred in like 20 because yeah. she's never been on the ground. No, she doesn't know. She has no idea what she's doing on the ground. So it's just going to be ugly and her arm's going to get pulled out of the socket. And then it's just like, oh, well. Well, next, <laughs> that's what, it's just an exhibition. Does man. that mean Misha moves back up and into title contention? Of course, that's exactly what it means. But they were trying to save that for two hundred. Now you need Cyborg. No, we don't need them to fight at two hundred. We need Ronda to fight. But at this point, it doesn't really matter who she fights. She got to fight Cyborg. If two hundred is going to be the show to top one hundred, she has to fight Cyborg. And I saw Cyborg in a picture with Misha Tate. Did you see how big she was? She's a ginormous woman. There's again no way she makes 135. I need Impossible. like I need the Deuce Bigelow. That's a big bitch. Yeah, like it just dropped. <laughs> Every Yo. time I see that, like she is huge. I told you when I was standing next to her, and I'm just looking at her. I'm just like, fuck, dude. There's you're huge. She looks bigger than me. Yeah, like you're huge. Like you cut weight. Like women don't like crazy cut weight. She crazy shaves. Like she's like, I gotta lose this muscle. Like. No women does that. You know, it's like, I gotta lose these abs. Like, how do you lose abs? Yo, she loses damn near a whole nother person. She just, dude. So, she loses a Paige Van Zandt yeah, for every fight. Pretty, pretty much. And like I said, 200's creeping. Ronda will end up being on that card, of course, because she has to. Because 200 is going to be huge. But it doesn't really matter who she fights. She'll probably be like the third fighter on that card. That, that wouldn't be bad. That when Ronda's your third fighter. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. Then she can set. fight anybody. You don't really have to worry about, oh, she's got to fight somebody big to draw. No, the big draw would be Conor McGregor if he wins the title against somebody. But they said he's going to Ireland, so they'll probably take him off of that bill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Conor McGregor's going to fight at 200. If he beats Jose Aldo and becomes a champion, he will be the biggest star in UFC as alongside Ronda Rousey. Then what? You got to go Frankie in Ireland, Uriah? Yeah. No, that's tough. Aldo See, rematch. We, I want. We'll, we'll talk about this go big campaign in a minute because there's there's things. If you really we're going there on Friday. Yeah, they're not giving us one on ones though. So what time I'm, is that? Twelve thirty. Okay, I thought so. I got to read my email. So yo, I forgot to apply for UFC one ninety one. Good job. I just completely spaced. I didn't get an email saying that like I was approved, and I had to hit Chelsea up. If you guys don't know, Chelsea's part of UFC PR crew. Yep. And uh, I had to hit her up. I was like, yo, I didn't get that. She was just like, 
uh, sign in. I'll I'll get you through. So shout out to Chelsea for uh, getting me approved in like a day. You know what just happened? Well after the deadline. There are a bunch of MMA journalists listening to the show right now who are pissed. Why? Because <laughs> you just told, you basically just kind of blew Chelsea's cover. Oh, good shit, Chelsea. <laughs> and basically said, I didn't, res- I didn't fill out my credentials. There's people that got denied and put in their shit in time. <laughs> okay, listen. If you listen this deep into the podcast, shout out to you because you're a like, real fan. So I'm just talking to family here. So <laughs> let me tell you something. I have no awareness that people get denied for shit. Like, I'm sorry I'm not sorry. Like, I've been approved to a lot of boxing shit, a lot of UFC shit. I am blessed to say that I have been. And sometimes I forget about shit, and I need to put in, like, a late request. I do it in boxing sometimes, and it, you know, helps to know some of the PR people and just be a genuinely nice person and stop and talk to people like the Daves and Chelsea and Kelly and boxing and all this stuff. Because when you forget shit or if you need, like, an interview or you need to get somewhere with a fighter, it's nice to have a good relationship with someone. Yes, people don't understand that. If you want to get approved for shit and not get denied, when you do get in the door... Talk to some people. Don't be an internet superstar and a keyboard gangster or whatever the hell you may be and just hide behind your laptop and stay quiet. Be personable. Talk to people. Something that is a lost skill. Then you can forget to apply for major pay-per-views and go anyway. Three days days before. Ah, Kel's a douchebag. (laughs) Hashtag Kel douchebag. All right. So... I want to talk about this big, go big thing because we're kind of talking about you know 200 and what's going on. The go big campaign is these, this next wide string of events uh, that started what in 192 is the start of it. Yes, all like big title fights. Every card is stacked, but have you noticed that they've back ended each card with two fighters that could potentially replace one of them if they fall out all the time? They like, <laughs> real smart. Yeah, and I've been like noticing. I was like. Hmm. Like the the, the Chad Mendes Frankie Edgar except for ninety three though. What's one ninety three? The one Ronda was moved to. Oh wait, yeah, it was just one. Yeah, like, that was fucked. And once it went, in which it did, yeah. and you had Lawler go out, and then it was like, oh, yeah. Well, they just had to completely move that one. But it, like, if you look at Aldo McGregor, and you look at the Ultimate Fighter finale, which is Mendes Frankie Edgar. Yep. Let one of Aldo and McGregor get injured. Guarantee that there's going to be one of them pulled. Yep. Which will more than likely be Frankie Edgar. Correct. Um, I if, think Weidman. If Weidman goes down, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Edgar on the main card. Well, yeah, Mendes. But I think I think there's a a middleweight fight that's sandwiched in, in one of these cards where they can start. Like everything is like the lightweight fight between Cerrone and Rafael dos Anjos. Yeah, there is Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> They're fighting, yep. so you could just pull Khabib off and put him in there. The UFC see, is back into this very well. See, I didn't think it was more so for injury purposes. I thought it was just because they want to start aligning the next contender with the next champion. So they're on the same like timetable. So they'd be like, okay, Connor, you're going to fight the winner of Mendez versus Edgar. So you guys are fighting like on the same day or a day in between. So now you guys match up, and we can see, like, okay, fans, look at this. This is who they're going to be fighting next. Let's showcase the next contender, and it's easier to build up. I mean, and it, the same thing with Ronda. When Ronda was at 195 right. still, they put Tate right under her. Right. So but, it was just like, okay. But there, I think there's duplicitous nature of this is because you've got to protect your thing because what, what ends up happening is um, with Chad Mendes, he wasn't ready to fight. 
So he was his conditioning was off. Regardless of what he says, he wasn't ready. Yeah. But now, Chad Mendes and Frankie Edgar have been through a whole training camp for a five-round fight. So they can fight in a championship fight. Like, the UFC knows what they're doing right now. Like they're back into each of these fights to make sure that somebody, you know, can step in if somebody gets hurt. To get rid of some of the bugs and the kinks. And that's what happens when you're a young company. And then you see, like, you had a year, like, 2013. Well, they've had some shitty years. 2013? Like, 20, yeah, was, I think it was 2013 when everyone, like, got injured. Yeah, it was like that, and it was like 2012. Was was 2012 the John Jones, Dan Henderson debacle? Yeah. Yeah, 151. That was two years ago. So it so was like you got to uh, figure these things out. Like you, you and and they're growing and learning from them, and people continue to get injured. Right. So it's gonna happen. Like these uh, these cars are in, inevitable. The training has to change though. That well, that's the key because the training, man. These these gyms are just getting better and better, and the fighters, the caliber of fighters, top to bottom, are getting better and better. So you're not getting a bunch of cupcakes leading up to a fight. You're not the most dominant person in your gym anymore. Right. Like you could be the best striker and then there's the third best wrestler in the nation in your gym and you get injured because your wrestling skills aren't up to par. <laughs> so it's like True. these shits, it keeps happening. They need to start backing down and learning how to train. It's the NFL. They only hit once a week. Well, yeah, now, I mean, like bigger, faster, stronger is real. You can't wear full pads four times a week and then playing a the game on Sundays. The UFC has to figure that same thing out. You also have to figure it out because bo- this shit doesn't happen in boxing. No. We don't have cards terrorized by injuries in boxing. It's only in MMA. Because it's the same discipline. Right. You got so many things where somebody can fall on your leg or you just pop someone. You're going for a, shooting for a takedown or yep. get an elbow to the head, get a cut above the eye. Too many ways that a fight can go wrong. So this go big event, like, I'm going to be paying very close attention to see how many of these fights actually play out in the manner that they're supposed to. Because December was stacked. It is. It's As of right now, like, it's. It's stacked, and hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. So before we talk about 191, this, this lingering uh, rumor that Fedor Emelianenko, which who could be signed, could not be signed by the time we're done with this podcast. Um, Looks like it's getting closer and closer. I figure it's inevitable. I don't see why he wouldn't. But Good I move have, for him financially. UFC's heavyweight division isn't that tough. But Fedor isn't that tough either anymore. And therein lies my dilemma with Fedor and Melianenko. Isn't Fedor like 33? No, he's old. Is he old? Yeah, Fedor's an OG. He's He's been around Pride Days. Fedor's he's been around for a while, but I thought he was younger than no. I anticipated. No, he might no, be like no. 38. Fe- my pro- he's like DC's age. My problem with Fedor is this. The UFC's been after Fedor for years. Oh, he's 38. Okay. They wanted Fedor versus Randy Couture. Yep. They wanted Fedor versus Brock Lesnar. They wanted Fedor to be in the UFC. Fedor's kind of burned him in every corner because his management team is always him and Dana. They just don't see eye to eye. Fedor kind of needs the UFC now, right? Yeah. Fedor's not the Fedor he used to be. Now, the problem is is that Fedor's rise wasn't paralleling MMA's rise. So there's a shitload of people who have no idea who Fedor is. They just heard about how good he was. Or you caught that affliction card when he knocked Andre Olovsky <laughs> flying through the air and he caught him with the right <laughs> hook. You saw that. But you never really saw the pride fights when Fedor was, you know, he's this dumpy Sambo guy. Like, you're like, dude, he can't win all these fights. And he's amazing. Ricardo Arona, like all the guys that he just mopped. Now he comes to UFC and people get excited. You pay all this money to get him. What if he gets thrashed in his first fight? You got to feed him a cupcake. You have to. You have to. <laughs> you have to do everything possible to keep him healthy. And fighting until UFC 200. Well, here's my this is my UFC 200 plan with Fedor. Fedor comes in, wins a fight. Um, 
preferably with Mark Hunt in Australia. They announced it for 192 as a co-main event. Got to fill up that building. Ronda should fill it up. Fado would definitely fill that building up against yeah. Mark Hunt. You keep Fabricio Verdum active. He wins the fight. Cain Velasquez rematch. Maybe. I don't know how they're going to do this because Mexico is not Mexico again. We don't have this altitude problem. And you build for an epic rematch at UFC 200 of the Strike Force defeat for the title between Fedor and Fabricio Verdun. He needs a quick title shot. That's that's one thing. Well, you can't that, like you always say like he's old. That's why they should get a title shot. Fedor's old. He needs a UFC title shot. Well, I mean DC is his exact same age, and but DC no, is wearing the belt. DC is still improving. Fedor has peaked. Yeah, Fedor is on the downslope of his career. I thought the same thing, but we have Frank Mayer, Frank Mayer and Arlovsky about to fight for what could be a number one contenders match. It could be, but, you know, it, they, I think that the gap, the talent gap between the champ and everybody else is pretty wide right now. Well, think, champ and contender, and I think that's why it's an immediate rematch. Yeah, so it's like, with Fedor, it's like you got to get him in there to fight somebody who isn't too dangerous but has a name. And somebody's going to draw who is Mark Hunt. Well, let's do our pound for pound this week. Five best opponents for Fedor. Okay, First number, fight. Number one, for Mark Hunt. Number one for me is Mark Hunt, too. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Mark Hunt's not beating anyone. Yeah, he not, couldn't beat me with a flip-flop right now. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's looking bad in his last few fights. So Mark Hunt is number one for me. Uh, Alistair Overeem is number two. That's dangerous. Glass draw Overeem, though. I know he's got a glass draw. Glass draw Overeem. If Alistair Overeem beats Junior Dos Santos, then I'm all for it. If, if oh, Al- no, to keep him away. I mean, keep him away. I'm sorry. In the reverse. <laughs> if Alistair Overeem beats Junior Dos Santos, that fight should never happen. If Overeem gets ran over, make the fight. If he gets knocked out, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot Silva, three. I think it's winnable. Uh, Struve could have been in there, too. But uh, Bigfoot Silva, three. Brendan Schaub, five. And I know it's not cool to like, put a guy with a million concussions in there just to get slaughtered. But, hell, he wants to keep fighting. Might as well do it. And then... Uh, the other guy I have is Verdum right away. Don't waste time. Don't even risk the chance of, uh, I guess, a loss. Kane is often injured, and that is being nice. So if Kane can't get through his training camp, then you plug Fedor in right away, right now. Well, Go for it. I, the name that you left off of the list that should be in is Mirko Krokop. Ooh. That's like a throwback nostalgic fight. And that's just to see the headline like fight's gonna draw and Fedor versus Krokop. Why not? And like if we're trying to get Fedor if we're we're trying to carry Fedor to two hundred, like I don't even know if you throw him in there with Bigfoot Silver. Because Bigfoot Silver's a kinda big guy. He is. He's, and his name is Bigfoot for a reason. He's one punch away from terrorizing your life. So it's like, all right, cool. We put him in there. Roy Nelson? I didn't say Roy Nelson. You could put him in right now. So Roy Nelson hits with a right hook, and his life's over. <laughs> it's kind of like you gotta kind of, like you have to handle Fedor with kid gloves right That's now. That's the story of the heavyweight division. Like, Is there a heavyweight without power? It's like, can we get you to two hundred? Will you not fall apart before we get to UFC two hundred? Because Verdum's on a roll, and when Verdum beat Fedor, it was like nobody expected it. But now people expect it. So if we can carry Fedor to two hundred and get him to fight Verdum for the title, it's a big fight, huge fight. For, like, the fourth card, if they line up the main card with all championships, I'm going to just lose my shit. Well, yeah, then I don't know what the hell you do for the rest of the year. but I don't know, but you get, like, Joanna. You get heavyweight title. She won't fight on two. Weidman. Like, well, I mean, I or even Mighty Mouse. Like, say Mighty Mouse is the champion. Mighty Mouse won't fight on 200 either. You need someone with the fifth slot, just any title. I just don't think you do five title fights on one card. It's retarded. Like, you know how long we'll be there? That's epic. I don't care. Five, we got number fights? time. 
You have you got no, something I to do? I have time. I got other shit to do than watch people fight you all day. I got shit to do at 12 o'clock at night on a Saturday. Go to sleep. Old ass man. Yeah, Not even trying to turn up. Old ass man. He just wants to go Yo. to sleep. Middle of July. You've never been you to a UFC go to car and been like, yeah, I want to go home. Don't lie. There's been, there's been some questionable yeah, cards. Okay. I mean, I've been to the Ultimate Fighter cards on like Sunday nights. Yeah, and you're like, I, I when you're just like, home. all right. So imagine five five round grapple fest. Let's just say that happens. What's the chance of that? You put Connor on the card, Ronda on the card. You're I'm not getting a grapple saying, fest. Shit can happen. I don't want to be there all day. Weidman. And then what do you do? Like for the next few weeks, you just have a bunch of contender fights. No thanks. I don't know. Or maybe even just like Silva. If you get Silva GSP, then. Well, whatever. That, that shit's matter. headlining. So okay, we got through that. We talked about Fedor. Um, and I just, everybody else on Mirror, Brandon Schwab, Matt Mitrion, I throw on there too. Um, and Mirko Krokop and Mark Hunter are my number one and two guys I want to see him fight. Krokop's not bad. Like, the marquee of that would carry the fight. Yeah, just the names alone would carry that fight. So go ahead and do it. Um, and then uh, UFC 191, though, we got to preview it for yes, this weekend. This this weekend, you, you guys, if you stuck with us this long, we're like, where the fuck is the UFC 191 preview? Well, here it is, goddammit. At the very end. At the very end. Usually we would kick off the show with this, but we had too much other shit to talk about. So, Mighty Mouse versus John Dodson. Rematch. Two. Dodson floored him twice last time. I'm picking Dodson. You know? <laughs> I got to do it. By, by TKO, I'm not picking by decision. You think he stops Mighty Mouse? I think he stops Mighty Mouse. He floored him twice. I've seen him stop Dillashaw. It's not the same Dillashaw, but no, it was Dillashaw at a lighter weight. But um, no, uh, no. <laughs> I've been wrong before. Yes, you have. Like every <laughs> fucking week. Um, but no, Dimitri. The, here, my issue is this: Dyson came off of a long injury, did not look terribly impressive against Zach Mikowski, and he's fighting a Demetrius Johnson who has been rolling as of late. Before the Dotson injury in a rematch, I would give Dotson a pretty good shot. I, he, this is one of the times where I say he, John Dotson needed another fight. Because I haven't been, that, the Bukowski fight, they've trained together, so I understand why the fight sucked. But you're fighting a guy who's been terrorizing the division and who's eager to, make, to put you on his wall right now. Because you've been trashing, Dotson's been trashing DJ for months. <laughs> All the time, but stalking him. So I think DJ wins this fight, and I don't know if he finishes him, but I think there's going to be a clinic of sorts that's going to be put on in the middle rounds. I don't know if Dodson can keep up with DJ for five rounds. That's the key. The The pace of the fight yeah. that Johnson has just – you can have the best cardio in the world. Like, you can train and feel the best in your career cardio-wise, and the pace against DJ is something different, something yeah. you can never prepare for. So, so see, the, the only way Dodson wins this fight is by early stoppage. That's the only way I see it happen. And I think he catches him, jumps on him, and, and gets that stoppage. Kind of shocks. Yeah, no. shocks the venue. I'm picking DJ by unanimous decision Smart pick. or late late submission. Smart pick. <laughs> um, we have Arlovsky versus Mir. So yeah, which is Arlovsky versus Frank Mir. Frank Mir is having a little bit of a resurgence I mean, as an old he man. Beat Todd Duffy. I mean, Todd Duffy's not that good. <laughs> Let's just be honest. He came in with a, a, a lot of hype. Yeah. Because he had the fastest knockout in UFC history. Him and Dwayne Bang Ludwig was back and forth. Um, and then he got beat by Mike Russo. And then Duffy disappeared and he got slaughtered by Alistair Overeem. Yeah. I'm not impressed with Frank Mir. I think Arlovsky's in a lot better of a role lately. My only thing is that Arlovsky kind of went through hell to get that knockout against Travis Brown. But I'm still picking for, uh, Arlovsky to score a, a second-round knockout. 
but yet, yeah, the Travis Brown fight, you thought he had, like, no chance of winning I that did, shit. I did, but, it, you know, it, there's a lot of questions now when I go back. I'm like, well, how good is Travis Brown really? And damn. He got Ronda. He's doing something. Yeah, so, right. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I don't know exactly where to gauge Arlovsky, but I can't give Mir much credit for knocking out Todd Duffy. I can't give him more credit than Arlovsky knocking out Todd Duffy. Yeah, Tyler, Fat Man Mir wasn't impressive. No. He just did look impressive. That beer belly is just... No, he's crazy. He's crazy. Thing of legend. Yeah. Uh, what else we have? Rumble. Wait, did you... Who are you picking? Oh, shit. I didn't pick that one. Arlovsky. I mean... One. It's not going to the cards. <laughs> like, no, I don't see that. Someone happening. buys it by TKO. The ref is stopping it somewhere, somehow. And uh, I think Arlovsky has the better chance because Mir, once again, like, you can only get so lucky with a punch. Right. It doesn't happen in four straight fights. So I, I can't take Mir in this one. Um, we have Rumble versus Manawa. Yeah, this is Rumble's fight to win unless he's distracted because of everything else going on in his life. Jimmy Manoa was throwing shit at women or something. Like, yeah, and in the cursing them out and throwing them out the gym. Yeah, throwing the woman out the gym. I mean, damn, Rumble, like everything else going on, you gonna get in this mix too? I mean, yo, if Hulk Hogan wasn't a testament to everybody to like chill the fuck out, like social media is the devil. It's like social media and hidden cameras and celebrities are the devil. Just don't do stupid shit. Right. How about that? So like, Rumble's been a guy who, you know, people thought he had like personality issues and. Anger issues, and he's been quiet. He's been a good guy every time we see him. Even though I've never understood he why he had a domestic violence. Though. Yes, he did. That, and this is what I'm saying: when you have <laughs> these things lingering around you, you can't yell at women. My no, man. you got to chill. Um, by the way, sidebar: why is Rumble's eyes so yellow? I haven't been able to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can have a full yellow eyes conversation, like the dingy eyes conversation. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you follow Cuffs, the legend, no, on Twitter. Yo, the guy's hilarious. I don't care what anyone says. Bandwagon, no bandwagon. The kid's hilarious. Um, And he has, like, this dingy eye theory. Like, Jordan had dingy eyes when he was at his greatest. Like, he got, like, a yellow, yellow tinge. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, you say bolts. Like, if you got the dingy eyes, he'll pick you in a matchup. Because there's, like, some <laughs> fucking, there's something, like, behind it, some sorcery going on when you got dingy yellow eyes. And Rumble got the yellow eye now. His it's like the eye of the tiger. Yeah. He's got light brown eyes, like, eye balls. balls. <laughs> and, like, yellow, like, everything else. Like, this shit looks very odd. Yo, I'm sure we get cuffs to come on the show and talk about the dingy oh, eye theory. Christ. Like, so, it's that serious. It's, it, it's a real thing, man. It's a movement. Anyway, Manuel's going to come to fight. Manawa's coming to strike, well, which is crazy. And he's going to come and get his face punched off in a highlight reel knockout. It probably won't last a round. No, I, I'll do the same rumble first round. If he loses this, he's he's sliding back a ways. Well, yeah. He's, he might, then he would have peaked. Well, yeah. He, and he will never be the same. He, he didn't complete the Robbie Lawler plan. Like, uh, these guys in the Robbie Lawler plan, like, Arlovsky's on the Robbie Lawler plan right now. It's like, you're, you're washed up, and then you come in and just ransack everybody and win the title. Rumble got to the peak of the mountain. I always wonder what would have happened if you would have fought John Jones. But Robbie right lost, too. So Robbie had lost and then came back, won the second time. Yeah. So this Robbie, is the, the middle of the Robbie Lawler plan where shit could go really well or really bad. Yeah, but Robbie lost a close fight that people thought he won. Rumble got choked out. True. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rumble had no cardio. Yeah, Rumble got choked out. I've always, I still, to this day, wonder how that fight would have played out if it was John Jones. Rumble caught DC with that right. If Rumble catches anyone with that right, I'm, he has I'm a chance. I'm very curious how that plays out. But anyway, yeah, Rumble by first round TKO. Uh, main, what else do we have on main card? Uh, Corey Anderson. 
Jan Blakowicz, who was Blakowicz. supposed to fight, fight Rumble originally. Um, Corey Anderson, I think, went by knockout. Yeah, well, five and one. Well, Corey. Uh, you know, I hate picking a lot of stoppages, stoppages on cars because the shit never really plays out like that unless you're at, like, 191. I'll go unanimous. Three rounds. It's easy to get through three. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think Corey. I mean, Corey, I'll pick a Corey Anderson to win, but um, probably a unanimous decision. It should be a little entertaining, though. Yeah, I um, pick Corey, too. And then uh, Paige, Van Zant. Yes, and Alex Versus Chambers. Alex um, Chambers. Uh, yes, yeah, Paige is really young. They want her to be a contender, though. Yeah, they want her to be the face of that division. They will. They could push Ronda out if if Paige were to continue to win. But Paige is not nearly as good as Ronda Rousey, and she's not nearly as skilled as Joanna. <laughs> no, and she had she, she'd have to beat her. I'm yeah, assuming. she's got some work to do. Um, I mean, quiet is kept. I'm I'm more on the Michelle Waterson bandwagon for the female division. Karate hottie. Yeah. Uh, I think she's got she's lost she lost to I can't remember who she's lost to um, but I think she's got a little bit more potential then again but she's know, been fighting a lot longer well, I mean yeah. Paige is what, 21 I'm, I'm curious to see how Paige Van Zandt looks as time progresses um, you know she's got a good stable she's, she's been over at Alpha Male so her wrestling is going to be on point her strike her ground and pound is pretty solid I'm picking her to win this fight I, I, I just, am too. I'm um, not, I don't know where her ceiling is yet. I'm trying to find her ceiling. If her ceiling is like the Alpha Mare dudes, they're they're going to stretch that ceiling. I mean, you look at TJ, what he was when he started, to TJ now. Well, yeah. You look at Uriah's entire career. Like, if you have a good ounce of talent, they're going to get that plus more. Well, the interesting thing about Team Alpha Male, and this is not to say anything bad against Team Alpha Male, they all really fight the same, except for Dillashaw. Oh, that's because he robbed the whole style from someone else. From yeah, Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Dominic Cruz, like he was just like from hey, a guy everyone who beats says, up guys from Alpha Male. Hey, everyone says uh, this Cruz guy has a good shot against Burrell. Let me just study him. And plus, he had to once again mimic Cruz for like three fights for right. people in his camp. So naturally, if someone's like, he's like, oh shit, this works. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yo, hold on, I'm kind of wrecking shop against these dudes. Right. Cruz can beat all of them. Let me take this shit and see what I can do. And when you mimic for so long, it becomes part of your game. You mix in a little bit of what you learned there with Cruz's style. And, hey, like the rest you, is history. Like, what are Alpha Males known for? Wrestling? The guillotine. That's, they, like, that's the bane of the team Alpha Male existence. Listen, they'll knock you out halfway. And instead of finishing with a ground and pound, they go for a guillotine. Jump and guillotine you. <laughs> like, ask that man does how that shit work. Because that's exactly what fucked him up against uh, McGregor. Because he had one move. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was, was like, like, he was like, ooh, like guillotine. It was like, nope, you <laughs> idiot. Like, th- like all you had to do was stand. Scouted you. <laughs> yeah, like he went for a guillotine, missed the guillotine opportunity, and then the fight was over. He was Got knocked out. All he, he had to do was lay on him for three more rounds, one more round. Yeah, it was just a lot of you work. Win the cards. It was a lot of work keeping keeping McGregor down. McGregor was active on the ground. I don't know if he could have kept Elbows, that shit up. Elbows, punches. Man, it was annoying as hell. I know it had to be. It's like why won't he stop? He's like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like throwing elbows and shit. But I think he gets knocked out eventually, though. I mean, because... He gets hit a lot. Because, yeah, when Chad had to stand up, you got to stand up. Yeah. you got to stand up five times at least. Yeah. And Connor was going to knock him out one of those five yeah, times. Yeah, he was going to get him. He was going to get him. Um, but, yeah, Paige Van Zandt with Team Alpha Male working with those guys. I think she'll... And she has the boyfriend that's like... Well, she... Um, why can't I think of his name right now? Shit, we just saw him fight. Um, But, yeah, they could be like the couple of the UFC. That's like highly marketable. Uh, they can have like a total divas type of show. No, they can't. They could. <laughs> Yo, women love that kid. 
Yo, I don't want to see Paige Van Zandt. I don't want to see any UFC like loving, loving fighting like on VH1. Oh, that'd be so good. No, it would not. It would be, but they got to get like some ratchetness on there. Uh, it's only like you, you can't have, have wholesome like, people. You have to have like Mayhem Miller on there or something. <laughs> That's the only way that fight. Cody Garbrandt. Oh yeah, Cody Garbrandt. Thank you. And Garbrandt's a hell of a fighter. Great fighter. Tatted up. Girls fucking love him. He's kind of like the Bieber of the UFC. Yeah, without the douchey hair. Yeah, bef- before this latest Ellen DeGeneres look. Like Ugh. the Bieber like two years ago when he was kind of like nah, d- Bieber's always rough like around Ellen. the edges. Bieber's always like Ellen DeGeneres. He got tattoos because he's like, Ellen don't have these. And Ellen's probably going to get a tattoo. He's like, fuck you, Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> You're my son. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, Cody, Cody and her would make for one hell of a show. Yeah, so but, we'll see what Paige can do. And they're hoping. Yeah, so Van Zandt wins that fight. Probably unanimous decision. Um, that pretty much makes the card. Do I think it's going to be like UFC 91? 191? No. Uh, I mean, not 191. 189. 189. Uh, but I think we have, we're in for a pretty good card. It's not bad. Not a bad way to spend a Saturday. And then we should probably have the Drake heartbeat weekend. Yeah, we should be. Uh, Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, but if that's the case, then it rounds out the weekend. It's and Labor Day weekend. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know it was a holiday. Yep, it's Labor Day goddamn weekend. So, oh shit. Yeah, so it's fight weekend. I'm getting, too, I'm getting old like you when I don't even know like it's turn up times. Yeah, it's turn this up. It's like national turn up. You time. ever got any? Like I'm getting random people like, yo, what's up for Labor Day? I was like, it's Labor Day. Oh. Yo, I think my cousin hit me up about that. He was like, yo, I'm coming into town from Arizona. What's yeah. popping for Labor Day? I was like, I don't even know so, what Labor Day is, yeah. my man. You got Kevin Hart weekend at the Cosmo through this weekend with Drake performing on Sunday night. A UFC 191. It's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be. I wonder if we do the show from the pool because it's a uh, Labor Day. We do a nice little special or something. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wear some shorts. It's so fucking hot. Ooh, yeah, yeah, actually, no. It's been like ninety something degrees. In Perfect Vegas. right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. So yeah. you guys stick with us. We're gonna have two shows next week. We're gonna try to pack one with guests. We're gonna try to do a special one from Mayweather. Uh, we might hit you with a special one this week from like. After weigh-ins or media day or something. Yeah, you know, we might have the, the usual crew of uh, usual crew. <laughs> degenerate MMA guys. who like Talking wrestling half the damn time yeah. and not even about the fight. And hip-hop and dumb shit. So so stay tuned. We get you a special show, then you guys are some lucky-ass people. Yeah. I mean, as long as you stick with us. I found out today that we're ranked on Yahoo's. We're in the top 200. We're at 147 right now. Sports po- Overall on sports podcasts. That's not bad. No, it's not. You got to crack the hundred, but that's I didn't not expect bad. it. You know, because I, I, I really have no context of what these ranking means. I had to ask Marcus because you know he was doing. Them. He's like, if you're in the top two hundred, you're actually pretty good. And well, I was like, really? That's not bad. I was like, wow, because he was like one forty seven. Like, man, that sucks. And he was like, no, that's actually pretty good. It's because I only spit the truth on here, man. People want to hear the truth. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god. Stop fucking lying. Follow me on follow Twitter. Me, yeah, follow him on Twitter. <laughs> curse him out. You tell him your Twitter. Follow handle. me on Twitter at Kel Dansby. Yeah, follow me at Andreas Hale. The Twitter for the podcast is at the Corner LSN. Same thing for Instagram at the Corner LSN. Yeah, we didn't even post it there, but are you gonna start? I'm gonna start doing that shit. We'll we'll figure it start out. Start doing some social media. Yeah, well, hey, we're getting there. We're number 147. We're gonna try to crack 100 by. Yeah. Uh, by the end of this year. This is sports podcast. This is not just boxing MMA podcast. This it's is sports. Over, yeah, we're, we're moving up in the world. Like y'all don't I didn't know this many people like this. <laughs> and we talk about rap shit too. Thanks for listening, man. I can't wait until next week. It's gonna be a good show. Yeah. So stick, stick with, with us. us. We're out. <laughs>
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.